Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, thank you, Katie, and welcome, everyone, to Standing on My Soapbox. It is Wednesday, June 22nd. I apologize. There's a bit of an echo. I am on the road in beautiful downtown Joliet, Illinois, in my hotel room for the evening. Joining me in just a second will be my fantastic co-host, Mr. Craig Hurley. We'll be on to talk about anything you want to talk about today, news, politics, pop culture, whatever. Give us a call at 347-989-0126. you want to apologize for yesterday, we had a last-minute snafu come up on my side, so we were able to not do the show, but we'll be good the rest of the week, even from the road. So let's go ahead and welcome uh, Mr. Craig Hurley today. Craig, how are we doing? Uh, doing all right, dude. How are you? What's um, I have two people calling from your area code. Katie on the line as well, or do we have a second caller I brought in? <laughs> no, just me. Hey, caller, welcome to the show. Who's calling in? They hung up. There we go. I knew we had area two code. I was freaked out because it was two from the same area code, and I didn't remember which was yours no, is, and which wasn't. No, so is, I brought them both in because I wasn't yeah. sure which one. No, this right, is mine. I'm, I'm sure they'll. I'm that. sure they'll call back, but um, don't. Uh, you know, we we don't need to answer every caller that calls in. There you go. This is true. How you it doing, buddy? Sound like you're talking out of a tunnel. Does it? Let me take it okay. off speaker. That might help. I'm in this hotel room and it's big and boxy, and that's probably it. So let me see okay, if I you can. Got some ambient sound bouncing off the walls. How's that? Does that make it a little better? I don't know. Uh, maybe the listening audience will be able to tell us if okay. they don't call us and hang up. But um, all right, <laughs> I will um, go ahead and keep it off speakerphone. Yeah, I thought you were mad at me. Why was I be mad at you? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I thought you were mad at me. <laughs> and I am not mad you at you. We had a little bit of an issue yesterday. Um, Mom yes, was freaking out. Did. I was and getting I was, ready to go on this trip, of course, last night. So much going on, and Mom had uh, had hurt her finger, and she was afraid that she couldn't go there tomorrow on her own, so she wanted to go to emergency and get a check right away. And so it was just a stupid little little silly thing, and it wasn't broken or anything. And so she's all set up and in a little splint thing, and I was able to get So we just had a quick little emergency happen yesterday. I apologize. Oh yeah, mom seemed to do that, like the day before. It you happens. just want some extra attention before you go off on a trip. And exactly. I, mom, She's on her own for three weeks it. here, so she uh, she did a little attention the night before. But we got it all taken care of, and I got on my little happy way this morning and made good time. I made it from Youngstown to Joliet in like exactly seven hours, and that's stopping right. in. Mayor Pete's town of South Bend, Indiana. I wanted to go look at the campaign headquarters, and he was not in town, so I didn't know anyone that was there. You don't let anyone in unless they know you. 
and the three people that I know from when I interviewed him were all on the road with him. So I got to go in the building that he's in, and I got to drive around South Bend for the first time, which is a nice little city, actually. But I didn't get to go into the campaign headquarters, so I was a little bummed out. I've driven a number of stops. I stop in little places like Seymour, Indiana. I'll stop, you know, in tinier in the tinier towns and check. Well, yeah, the guys running for freaking president too. I guess you don't want just anybody going your campaign headquarters. I understand it. I was just a little bummed yeah. out. They are on the road doing their campaign stuff. So. What can you do? Excellent. How was your uh, your day yesterday since you were showless? Um, um, it was good. No, but it's, I just thought you were mad at me all day, and then you said you would call me, and then you never called. So I was like, oh, uh, Like I said, mom drama. Mom drama. You can always call me. <laughs> we have two-way communication. Nah, I was like, I, I, you know, I can I get incoming calls that, as well that, that <laughs> yeah, I had a hunch that you um, that you were extremely busy, you know, trying to get out of town. Yeah, it, it got a little crazy last time. I have to admit, I had to uh, about twelve thousand things I had to get done, and her on top of it with her friend to help everything. So I went to bed around twelve thirty last night. I finally got finished packing around eleven thirty last night. Loaded the car at midnight. Went to bed at twelve thirty. Got up at five thirty, and I was on the road. Well, I got up at 5.30, then I goofed around and didn't leave till 6.30, but got all set and good to go, so. Cool. I am partway there. I had to dodge thunderstorms, of course, since I did listen to you yesterday. I, I know the news last Dude, night, there was freaking snow in Denver. If you're going, if you're going north, I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I tried to warn you. Uh, I know, but I take a day off from the weather. I don't think about the weather. Your, entire route, your entire route, <laughs> all, all those states have snow. California has snow. Nevada has snow. Utah has snow. Arizona has snow. <laughs> and Route 40, which is what I was going to go, I was going to go 70 in Route 40, and it's flooded in part Arizona of it. So I wouldn't, even snow. the freeway's flooded. Nevada has snow. Idaho has snow. Wyoming has snow. Um, all of the areas, in, and in the days got pummeled. Like it was flat, it flooded again. So there are multiple areas in Colorado where I has been shut down both eastbound and westbound in multiple places. Um, and then um, up in Nebraska, the same thing through North Platte and through areas uh, like rain. So they've just gotten pummeled, dude. Just so much rain. And, and tornadoes and juicy. 20 tornadoes on Monday. 20. I'm on 80. I'm right off of Highway 80. I end up taking 80 across. I can go yeah, to the North. Yeah, that's not a good place. You're in Tornado Alley right there. Really? In Joliet, Illinois? Yeah, I thought oh. it was a little high. I right thought that was a little is, tall. Mm, mm, right, <clears throat> right next to it is. I was, I was born and raised in, I was born in Champaign, which is just south of you. And I was raised in Chicago. So um, uh, I know the area real well. There's a, there's an area called Plainfield, and that's because it's just a big field. Um, we had a – now they've built it all up. It's all – it's a bunch of houses. We have tornado camp season. I'm surprised we didn't have one on Monday. We, like I'm including wow. myself. I'm all the way out on the West Coast. Where? We just – it's been cold here, dude. It's been like 60 degrees. It's not warm. It's been cold. Wow. 
getting getting through Loom and and uh, May. It's definitely you know, like I said, I have plenty of time coming across. I'll look at the map tonight before I go in the morning, and I'll drive seven or eight hours tomorrow and dodge raindrops and snowdrops, snowflakes, whatever I can do. I, I've got a lot of friends that are Teamsters and they're they're truck drivers and uh, they they're transpo and they um, I got dogs barking all around me. I don't know if you can hear it. It's irritating. Uh, um, but uh, uh, the friends that are teenagers that um, uh, are are saying stuff like this whole year because there was there's a post of a, a, a semi that's stuck in the mud in um, uh, Missouri or Oklahoma, freaking stuck, and everybody's commenting, all the truckers are commenting on on. The fact that this year has just been a, a freaking nightmare as far as transport is concerned. They have been avoiding so much stuff in this season and we're stuck in the middle of it. And also, wow. running around the internet right now of trucks that were thrown off the road when a tornado went through, went over the interstate. And I'm pretty sure that was either Oklahoma or Missouri. Um, yeah, my mom told me this morning they had like 30 there. little tornadoes around that area yesterday. So that's quite a I few. The official, the official number on that. And one was an F5. So it was a monster. Just an absolute wow. monster. Yeah. I had a pretty good drive over. I got rain once I got into Toledo, which is about two hours from my house. So I had rain for about 45 minutes. Only about 10 of it was hard. The rest was pretty light rain. And then it was fine. It's 82 degrees and sunny right now in Joliet, so I'm good to go. Your phone's really crapping out a lot. You might be in a bad spot in your house right now. Am I in a, yeah, I'm definitely in a bad spot. This, this, the, the Wi-Fi here is a joke. It keeps going in and out. So gotcha. Let me see if I can make it better. Is it making it better? That's better. Is that better? Yeah. That's much better. Um, uh, but, yeah, everything west of Denver, even including Denver, Denver just got like two or three inches of snow. Anyway, you know, well, I thought you were mad at me. I was like trying to do a weather report. Couldn't. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, they, it, so it's been a little crazy as far as all the – Western states receive snow and and a lot of rain, actually. Um, a lot of precipitation happening. And then all the stuff that's happening up and down the Mississippi Valley, and then including the southeast. Um, these storms, this one I would call a hurricane. I've got multiple pictures of these past storms, and I've I got to post them at some point. Um, but they're, they were pretty fierce. And, and you know, nobody's Nobody's saying that it's acting like a hurricane on land, but I am. And uh, that's all a hurricane is, is a low-pressure system. By the way, we have one currently hitting Bermuda. I don't know if everybody knows that. Uh, Andrea, the first, first tropical storm of the year. Um, and normally we don't get, like like our, our hurricane season doesn't start until, uh, whatchamacallit, until June. So we, you know, and over the past five years, we've had a hurricane before June uh, or a tropical storm before June um, uh, brew up in the 
Atlantic and had our direction. So, and at least influence our, our waters and, and our territories. Um, so, um, uh, I, I'm a little concerned about what people aren't paying attention to. Uh, and they, you know, like I said, all, all the truckers out there are just like, it, it's been an absolute just shit wreck. You know, I mean, it's just, just, just a freaking nightmare mm-hmm. out here, you know, dealing with all of the changing weather patterns. So, you know, and that's, that's something we're going to have to deal with. We have to figure that one out. Um, we have to engineer our roadways in a different way. Let's try some heated concrete since we're getting snow in areas when it's rare to get snow in there, those areas. Um, and uh, so go with some heated concrete that we've had for at least 60 years. You never have to worry about ice buildup or snow buildup. Um, sorry, the guys that are used to driving plow trucks up and down the highways, but they're, <laughs> not, doing their, they're not doing their jobs, you know, the correct way. If, uh, they're, they're out there. I see them, but that doesn't mean that they're actually clearing shit. So um, this is a way to make sure that there's no buildup at all and, uh, and to make sure that there's no closures of any of the expressways that we have because we're sticking to the ground. Uh, I do see a lot more electric vehicles than not. Um, I see a lot more popping up, a lot of little tiny ones, uh, smart cars and all that. I see a lot of hybrids too. Which is a which is a yeah, I don't know how those little cars get through snow. They can't sell those in snow belts. Uh, dude, those no, things are like a tennis shoe size. Yeah, but some of them are beefy, dude. And I wouldn't recommend you know driving a smart car in the snow. Um, but if we have you know heated roadways, then you don't have to worry about driving your smart car in the snow because you're not going to get any snow on your car. Um, it will melt. Yeah, I remember last year when we came back from the road trip. We came 90. We were in Seattle. Driving back to Ohio from Seattle, so it came 90, and like the entire Montana on 90 had where they could turn off the freeway because I guess it snows so bad there, and they close the freeway sometimes. That kind of freaked me out a little bit. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I don't know has that too, where is or gates um, that are right, that right. are red and white, red and white striped, and they'll put the bus, the ramps to get onto you know I-70. And yeah, I saw those. Those are trippy. Yeah, they'll close down the expressway when it's needed because just like right now, um, literally, currently, they had two avalanches, one in Vail. I don't know where the uh, Glenwood, no, Glenwood Canyon was where the landslide was. <laughs> so they had a landslide that closed both east and westbound landslide, rocks, boulders, mud, dirt, that type of stuff. <laughs> And closed I-70, didn't injure anybody, didn't hit any cars. Luckily, um, happened in a time and in an area where people could actually stop instead of letting the rocks hit them or getting hit by the rocks. Um, and these are boulders that are the size of, you know, Volkswagens. So they could crush your, your automobile if, if you just happen to be driving along. Um, and so, you know, it's a good thing that it happened at that at a time period when everybody could handle their shit as far as driving is concerned, but it closed down both I-70 West and I-70 East for, I don't know how many hours. And then I-70 wow. West has been closed for a minute because of it. I don't know when they're going to be, you know. Yeah, that's the way I was going to come originally before I paid attention to the weather. I was going to drive out that way, but nope. Now I'm up north. Yeah, and I look, I'm looking at the infrared satellite map, and it's 
really bright blue all up around 90. So I got to stay on 80, I think. I don't think I can go up to 90 because it's kind of bright blue up in Montana, Montana and well, you Nebraska. You do some storm chasing because there's this little pressure system that's hitting us right now is, and I'll start talking about the weather in a second, but this low pressure system that's currently hitting us looks like it's falling apart. It was a beautiful hurricane because it caused a shit ton of damage, like I, like I said. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Um, and I, I feel bad because there's a lot of people that actually died because of the flooding, and, and they're still dealing with it. Um, you'll, you should see that there in Joliet. You should see, you know, a, as you're driving along right there, um, if you're heading south, southwest, or just west, you should you should be able to run into like areas like I talked about before, Joplin, Missouri. They just got hit with some other some some stuff over the past just two days. So uh, you know. Yeah, my phone weather app it shows sunny in '82 here today, but thunderstorms the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah, we've got. That's what I was just about to say. Behind this low pressure system that just caused a whole bunch of havoc across Oklahoma, Kansas. Missouri, Arkansas, uh, Alabama, uh, Tennessee. Uh, you, you guys even got some of that. Illinois and, and Ohio got some of that. You got remnants of that, uh, um, parts of it. Uh, but the um, that low-pressure system seems to be heading north and kind of dissipating as far as we're concerned. It'll cause some snow in Canada. Um, but um, uh, the other storm that's right behind it, which is causing snow in all of the western states and heavy rains, um, that one is quickly coming through. And it'll cause tomorrow in Denver, it's 49 for a high and right. uh, thunderstorms. And thunderstorms. Uh, yeah, that whole front range. 38 degrees. Range 38 degrees that. in the end of May in that Denver, Colorado. Between, that area between. Um, uh, uh, that area they call Suicide Act, which is this kind of like 100 miles, no services. You drive that out, that's the front range, uh, you know, between Nebraska and, and Colorado when you're doing 76. So, um, uh, it, you know, dropping into into Denver there, I think it's 76, uh, I-76. And, and it's, dude, that whole area is just going to be just inundated with, with the whole bunch, it's possibly snow again is what I'm saying. But look out for, you know, tornadoes and some thunderstorms right there too, especially if you're getting a high in the 50s in that front range. Crazy stuff. It's going to be fun. Oh, we spent 20 minutes out there. I guess we should go to something else before we lose everybody. Make that sure could be storm chasing <laughs> tomorrow, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Make sure you have the camera ready, you know. That's awesome. I'll be good to go. What else is happening in the world? I was listening to MSNBC News on the way through. Um, had my little talk radio on, satellite radio on, and wasn't anything too exciting. I guess Trump kind of blew up the whole infrastructure deal again today, meeting with Nancy, and he uh, decided to blow that up and decide he's not going to work with any legislation until they stop investigating him. Like that's he, yeah, and he, he's yeah, evading as much as possible the whole whole I word thing. They actually had a a, a Meeting on the I word, and uh, and I'm and I, I go along with Anna Navarro on this one. Uh, you know which I word is that? Imbecile, ignorant. <laughs> which I which which I word is that exactly? Oh, impeachment. Any impeachment. That's the I word. That's, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the one they're talking about. Now, he got his feelings hurt because I guess Nancy this morning after her meeting with her caucus said that he's trying to hide something or cover up something. And so he decided to cancel their meeting. So they walked in and said, I'm canceling the meeting unless you stop everything and went out and had a press conference in the Rose Garden immediately after with signs and everything. So he'd obviously planned it. So he's just being a little spoiled brat. Authoritarian. It blows my mind because people already kind of I'm like, you're an authoritarian. You didn't need to go this far with it. So, because, you know, we, the people might get tired of it. You know, you don't like Maybe. when that The thing is, is that, is that people like Nancy Pelosi, okay, she is just more gentlemanly. She's, she's still a douche all right? Because she's a career politician, dude. She's been in, in politi- politics for right. ever, like her whole life. So she's a career politician. And and we're not supposed to have career politicians only because they actually become rich because of people that they tend to side with. And they become right. really rich. And she's really rich. I'm stupid. And how do you get be rich just to live in San Francisco, dollars? dude? <laughs> Let alone be the representative from San Francisco. Can't be you can't be what? I said you have to be rich just to live in San Francisco. Just to live in San Francisco. Yeah, the representative of of San Francisco, exactly. Um, uh, But I I have nothing against her because she does her job more gentlemanly or more graciously, and she is actually trying to still stay within whatever laws are already in place, not going around those. So, right. you know, that's, that's what I see. But, she, you know, she's, how do you make $100 million when you get paid, you know, 140000 a year? How does that, how does that, <laughs> how does that actually right. happen? So, you know. So there's a difference between long-time things. politicians that you know are in it for the money and don't really well, care about anything else and long-time politicians that happen to get rich but really do care about government. But those are few and far between. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and care about the it has to be caring about the people you know right. and making sure that the people's just basic needs are applied just basics and it's not that much money and they already are you know spending so much on on like military and not even in the right places you need to be spending it on the people that are already hurt because of whatever damage you cause by causing them to be in the military in the first place. And because there's a whole bunch of um, low-income people that they they see it as their only out. I'm not bashing the military, um, but they see it as their only out. And, you know, it's a, it's a good amount of money. But they're continuing to risk their lives. And in some cases, we don't even know what for. You know, I mean, was Afghanistan really about oil or was it about the fact that that 90 percent of the heroin of the world comes out of Afghanistan's poppy fields? Was it that? Because there's multiple stories on on all ends of this and and from multiple media sources. And, you know, why, you know, what are we supposed to actually believe? And I've talked to people that were actually in Afghanistan fighting and some of the people have similar stories. That are like, yeah, I was just there walking around fields. <laughs> okay. Right, right. So, you know, and, you know, not much fighting, but, you know, I was just kind of walking around some fields, making sure that areas were protected. All right. 
So, you know, and then on the flip side of it, there's the oil pipelines, which seem extremely important to conservatives and the GOP so, and, and extremely important to Saudi Arabia, all of these, all this oil. And how are the right. gas prices as you're traveling cross country? Dude, good luck with that um, when you get out here. Dude, four eighty nine is the top that I paid in in, in Los Angeles. I'm not looking forward to that part, believe me. It was three oh five on the turnpike and it was two eighty two, two eighty three when you got off the turnpike. Three oh five. So it's still still a little bit, but I'm not looking forward to getting into LA closer because it it is uh, pretty pricey out there. Yeah. I think it dropped from that four eighty nine, I'm not sure. Uh, um because I'm looking at deeper places. So <laughs> that was an emergency. Yeah, well, I, I'm not looking forward to the gas bill on this. It, I had a pretty good though. I mean, I got here on uh, one and a half tanks, seven hours driving, one and a half tanks. So that's not bad. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad to get over here. We'll see how what it's going to take me to get all the way across. But just to get from my house to here was one and a half tanks, a little less than one and a half tanks, and it was seven hours with the driving. So not that big a deal. What else is going on? Anything you've been looking at the, in the news here? Um, and just a lot of weather events, and I hate to talk about the weather the entire time. Um, you know, we've we've got some things that we need to deal with in the United States, and and those issues need to be handled, and all of the distractions of of this current administration are kind of a joke, you know, I mean, <laughs> dude, guys like Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz chimed in on, I don't, know, I don't even know what it was. What, what, there was something that they were making. So there's so much crap that's going on on a daily basis that I'm like, I, I really can't keep up. I, I, I need to write this stuff down. Um, so, uh, uh, but Ted Cruz chimed in on some shit and, and I'm like, this guy's a reptile. And, and we've always called him. <laughs> You know, anybody see you're laughing. It, it, you know, everybody, everybody who's got a sense of humor, who actually looks at these people and is like, "Wow, yeah, dude." That's it's just funny crazy. when you have the turtle McConnell and now the reptile Cruz. I love it. Yeah, he's a tortoise, <laughs> Mitch. Mitch <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why guys like this are actually allowed to be a part of our governing body. I, they don't represent all of us. So, you know, I, I can see having a couple of these guys in there that are freaks, but, you know, otherwise we got to get some, you know, diversity running through this. And I, and we did in the last elections and we most likely will win this election. So this upcoming one, I hope so. Diversity in there. I don't know if I can handle four more weeks, four more years of this. It's going to be hard to handle the next year. And a half. They so hopefully they cheat. They can't, they cheat. That's all. So just don't right. give in to the cheating. And there's no way that 30 percent vote out vote 70 percent. How that works? Well, I'm hoping it happens because it's just it's a little ridiculous. All this so stuff going on. And... We've got more states that have jumped in. I don't know how many. Um, we've got more states that have jumped in on the. Um, uh, not the electoral college. 
because they found that it could be manipulated. When I say that they cheated, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It was manipulated. So there's this, um, uh, wow, I can't remember the term. I could remember the term. That was the, uh, the, the uh, Ben, uh, what's his face, the HUD dude, Ben uh, Carson. Dude, oh, he, God, did you hear him get owned last night? Oh, my night? God, dude. Dude, what a tard. I wonder if he knows that. Unbelievable. Ario, she was talking about a real estate owned. She said, right. <laughs> and he thought she was taught cookies. And a lot Sorry, of people not, might not know anyway, what real estate owned is, but anyone who's lost their Oreos. house would know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of people that have gone under, and so they are REO, real estate owned their house because they lost their house to this. And he thinks it's a freaking cookie. It like, is. are you Thank serious, you. dude? about the cookies. Yeah. Dude, I. What, what is he there for? I love that girl. I forget her last name. Kate something. She's representative Kate something from California. She is so good. I mean, she was a tax attorney forever, so she knows your stuff to begin with. But she's she's hammered a lot of these people in uh, Congress, and she was supposed to have. um, I think today she's supposed to have uh, the Treasury guy Mnuchin today. So I hope she trips him up on something too, in front of their committee. But it's just like. She she gets these people and they don't know anything. He just gives these little assignments out to these cabinet people willy nilly, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. It's yeah. so bad. I, I, I've said or I, I know some people that are, are brain surgeons um, for some reason that you know, are possible. and um, I, I would trust them if it comes to brain surgery. Because they're really, really, really good at understanding right. the anatomy of the skull and the anatomy of the brain, and what areas of the brain actually do what, so and what you can touch and what you can cut and what you can't. They know that, but they don't know anything about real estate. Uh, no. <laughs> so I wouldn't trust them with any real estate knowledge. <laughs> I would trust them. And HUD just oversees all the FHA loans in the country, so not like they have much to do with real estate or anything. <laughs> it just doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't apply. Just like they don't know anything about writing a script. Just like they don't know anything about directing a movie. Just like they don't know anything about singing a song. You know, just like they don't know anything about painting a picture or what its value might be. They don't know anything about antiques. You know, it's, it, they know brain surgery. So you've got to give them, like, I, I could see Surgeon General. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Could, yeah, Something that has at least a name involved. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, because he's a brain surgeon. So there you go, exactly. It's doing that, but don't give him HUD. That makes no sense. All right, we're 31 minutes in. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, play a little Susie surf tone, a little surf music here while I dodge the raindrops on the travels. Back in uh, about three minutes, guys. Give us a call, 347-989-0126. Here we go. 
All righty, we are back. That was little Susie surf tone for you. What else we got going? Hey, did you see the sound? Oh, wow. Rita Franklin. Dude, that, was... <laughs> that was a fast three and a half minutes. Yeah. That was quick. Oh, man. No, Scott and I are mid-conversation about some other shit, and 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 all of a sudden he's, he's like, oh, all of a sudden it's like I look at the song, and it's like, was, oh, we got five it, seconds. It, Boom. It is bam. <laughs> Uh, and we were back in. All I heard was unmuted. Hey, did you hear about Aretha Franklin's uh, wills they found? I thought that was pretty cool. No, what happened? What happened? Well, Aretha, they, they originally said that Aretha didn't leave any wills. So they've been um, talking about her estate and everything. And they were going to – originally they said she was broken at all this trillions of dollars in taxes and stuff. Then they found out through all her licensing that once the estate was settled, she's worth about $80 million. Wow. But she has four kids. I didn't realize she had four kids. I didn't realize the first one was born when she was 12 years old. Wow. So she had her first kid when she was 12. She had the second wow. one when oh, she was 14. Wow. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, these uh, women's rights, uh, here we go again. Here we go again. The two white guys talking about his rights. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, dude, yeah, they've been fighting the whole time. All time. So obviously, I mean, just with the you know that example of you know, right. having kids at twelve and fourteen, and just eighty years they, ago. So. Exactly, and they didn't think she had any wills, and they found two in a in a safe they couldn't find the key to, and then they found one under a couch of all places. The most recent one was under a couch, handwritten in a spiral binder. So she tried to decipher her handwriting first, but uh, yeah, she she wanted everything split up between her four kids. And which was kind of what was happening, I guess, anyway, but just kind of officiated everything. But it's wild. She's been dead for how long? Two two, uh, two months now or so? Three months? Yeah. And they just found this stuff? They just found all this. Oh, that's interesting. So I thought that was kind of interesting news. What else? Does it show on? how she wanted it settled? It says she wanted it equally between the four kids. That's what I heard right. on the radio today. Um, let's see. It's 16 handwritten pages that they need to authenticate first in her handwriting, which is sure. Um, let's see. They said if they're real, they reveal a savvy businesswoman who is intent on making sure her son is fairly. I think I have a yeah. She writes that all assets should go equally to her three younger sons. And outlays detailed instructions for the care of her eldest son, Clarence. Oh, okay. Clarence is the one she had when she was 12, and I guess he has special needs, and that was never disclosed before. But uh, she, so she has a special arrangement for him, then the other, the rest of it gets divided up between her three other sons. So I went. I went to, uh, I was an intern at KMPC, uh, which is affiliated with KTLA, in 1988, 1987, somewhere in there. And the program director at the time was J.J. Jackson from MTV. And he, that dude, was an encyclopedia of of, um, rock and roll, Uh, just Dude, he knew everybody. It just not even rock and roll, just music in general. Um, he he knew everything and everything about everybody involved in music, 
and just a, an, an amazing man as far as that information. Um, but he died a, a little while back. Otherwise, he'd be on um, uh, XM Satellite right now because they've got all of the VJs from MTV that are all doing, you know, like classic 80s and, and 90s, so um, and, and some 70s. Um, but because but MTV didn't start till the eighties, so you know more more classic eighties stuff. Uh, but uh, um, when I was an intern there, and I am getting around to my story about Aretha Franklin. Um, uh, when I was an intern there, uh, I interned for a shock jock uh, radio DJ named Guy Kemp, and uh, when I did that, um, uh, he had me running around to different places and one of those places was right on the KTLA lot. And so I, and I, I think I talked about this in, um, in, uh, 27 and all washed up. Um, but, uh, uh, he had me running around the KTLA lot and going over to this TV show called putting up my hands where Michael Bolton was performing. I don't know, under the, under the boardwalk maybe. And I mean, this is 87. And then um, uh, Joe Cocker was there and, uh, and was singing, um, I think it was You Can Keep Your Hat. Was it the Nine and a Half Weeks thing or was it Unchained? I think it was Unchained. And, and then um, um, I went and tried to get interviews for Guy on the radio station because we were live right then. And we played the majority of that music. It was, you know, a pop station. Uh, KMPC at the time was a pop station that was owned by Gene Autry. And um, and by uh, his sidekick, I can't think of his name. What was his name? Uh, Gene. Pat, Pat, oh God. Pat, Pat, you're horrible at country western. <laughs> I don't know country western. Yeah. You know that? I can't help you at all there. Pat Buttram. There it is. And uh, and it, I never met Gene, but I did meet uh, Pat Buttram. But uh, regardless, I was over at putting on the hats at KTLA, and the um, and I I knocked on Michael Bolton's door, and Michael Bolton answered, and I was like, um, dude, could you do me a huge favor and just call in and, and give my you know we're right next door, we're affiliated with KTLA. I had I had a badge and everything, and, and he's like <laughs> he's like um, my agent does that, and uh, I can't give you an interview, and literally slammed the door in my face. And no. I'm like, okay. And I Rat walked away. Hating, hating Michael Bolton from there on in. Um, and, <laughs> and I I walked over to the door that had a star on it that said Joe Cocker. And I knocked on the door. And I could have sworn it was Aretha Franklin that answered the door. And it was either Aretha. And I was I was 18 or 19 years old. So... I, I was completely unprepared for people that and not sure, but because um, I never really, I never got her name and, and, but it could have been Matt Dean Green, who is an amazing singer with Joe uh, uh, Cocker all the time. And so I'm, I'm not sure if it was it, it, who, who it actually was, but I said, is there any way that Jim could call in and, you know, to my, to my, um, to guys show and we're live on air right now. And she said, 
that's usually a decision that Joe makes, and he'll be back in a minute. I'm, I think he's in wardrobe, and uh, and you can and please come in. And and so I sat there and talked to either Aretha or, or Maxine. I know that sounds really <laughs> bad of me, dude. I, but I, dude, at the time there was so many people that I kept running into or I kept meeting that I just dude, just a huge amount of people that were big influences in the industry and entertainment business. So it was hard for me to really catch up. It was hard for me to actually know who I was actually, you know, speaking with at any moment. And, and until I actually got the opportunity to hang out with a lot of these people. So, um, so, wow. and she offered me, like, they had this craft service that was just freaking amazing. I like strawberries and chocolate and just, uh, all, just all sorts of shit. And, and she offered me, you know, whatever I wanted. And, and I think I had a Coke and, and some strawberries or something. And then um, I think I had some pizza, too. Um, but then Joe Cocker walked in and, and asked Joe if he could um, do an interview. And he said, sure. Oh, that's awesome! My song. I was like, we currently play your song. We played it. So, um, and, and, and we sat down and did an interview with Guy for like five, ten minutes, and then, um, and I got to listen to the whole thing, and then uh, I said, thank you very much, and I walked away. So, getting you know, wow. doing accomplishing the job that I was sent there to do, um, just not with Michael Bolton because Michael Bolton's kind of a kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> and the way he treated me. So, you know, you can you that's can choose. Cool you know, when you see a dude that, like that that's story. just walking up to you, saying, you know, you know, dude, could you do this quick interview for me? It'd be really cool because we were playing whatever it was, whatever song he was, he was whatever cover he was making a hit right then. Um, he. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that that was what we were playing, and I, and I, I'm pretty sure Guy stopped playing Michael right after that as well. Michael, I mean, Guy didn't like the attitude that, that Michael Bolton threw us. Douchebaggery, so, that's what it was. It was douchebaggery. Uh, a little bit, little bit of douchebaggery. <laughs> well, Joe Cocker, you know, who's a god, he's a right. god in the music industry. It was like, yeah, dude, that, yeah, no problem. I'll do that's that. awesome. Yeah, hey, he speaking was of really douchebaggery, uh, Michael Avenatti's back in the news, I guess. Breaking nope. today, she, he, Michael Avenatti stole $300,000 from Stormy Daniels' book deal. Oh, that's good. To help pay his employees, I guess, or something. Are, we, are you sure that really happened, or is that just something that's out there in the news? He just got indicted on is it. Did he charge? Oh, he did. He got indicted ah, on it today. That's awesome. That guy's getting in trouble every five seconds. Yeah, lawyers tend to do that when they're covering up for other people. They're trying to cover up. They get caught. I, I think it should really come down Everybody's to the person a that, they're, that they're covering up for. I think it should come down to the person that they're covering up for, not not the actual lawyer. The lawyer's just doing his job. His job is there to try to make sure that, you know, whatever it is, whatever whatever the problem is in your life, to make sure that it kind of goes away. So that's his job. And whatever way they do it, that's the way they do it. That's why they're lawyers. We just have to surround ourselves, Katie and I, with some really good ones and some really nice ones. Like, they're just really that's nice good. people. Yeah. I've never had my own yeah. official lawyer. 
I'm not a lawyer. I think I'm not a lawyer. What else is going on? Ellen DeGeneres renewed her show for three more years. She's richer than God. All the stuff she does. She doesn't need any more money. Who? What? I didn't hear any of that. Ellen DeGeneres just renewed her show for three more years, so she's going to be richer than God if she isn't already. Excellent. That's That's good for Ellen. Yeah. Oh, all of the people that, all of the production companies that are walking out of Atlanta, Georgia, because they signed the heartbeat law. The problem with the heartbeat law is, look, I, I I don't know how to explain science to people. And once again, talking about women's bodies, and it's two white guys. Um, but uh, the 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 in order, okay, sperm and eggs they come in contact like all the time, dude. all the freaking <laughs> all the time, and they do go through cell division all the freaking time. The thing is is that if that those cells don't adhere to the uterine wall, they die. So you may be aborting something that isn't going to even form into a freaking human. It may have a heartbeat, right. but it is not going to form into a human. Not any human that you actually, that's going to be any progressive part of society. So, right. you know, and I'm talking about progressive as a human species, as a species, as a, as a race, if we're going to survive here on this little rock, the only little tiny rock that we know of, even though they are going to the moon very shortly. And this is not conspiracy. This is actually what NASA released information that, on purpose, that they are going to the moon. They are setting up a moon base. Which and they're bringing the women cool. this time. I think they're purposely going to bring the women yeah. up this time, Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah, no, I think they, I absolutely think they should. I've said that for a long time. If we've been to the moon once, how come we haven't been back? Uh, right. <laughs> what's going on? That was, you know, like when I was born, like a month after I was born, there's freaking moon landing. Okay, really? Okay, why haven't we been back? Why haven't we? It, it really, 50 years. Why? <laughs> what? So, you know, to me, I'm like, no, that's good news. Absolutely. Go set up a yeah, movie. I never like understood when things came like to full stop after the Challengers. I mean, after the Challenger, they did uh, what was the Discovery of Columbia for maybe two or three more years. I mean, it stopped everything. I never understood that. Yeah, because, well, that was, that was Reagan, right? And they they had set up a, like a whole Star Wars program. They had already, you know, done the, the their whole like Space Force type stuff where they were going to shoot people out of the sky. I mean, you know, shoot people and be able to fight off asteroids, be able to shoot people with just a laser from a satellite, all that type of stuff. So it became very Star Wars-esque in their imaginations. And then when the practicality of it was that they couldn't get those, the the tin cans that they had built that they called space shuttles um, were, were blowing up. So they, they, you know, they, you got to kind of curb what's happening. You, you can't be as aggressive, and until you get to a point where, which we now are at, um, where you can't actually do something like that, where you can't actually sustain that. But that takes time, and it takes mistakes. We're humans. Everything we build. Yeah, one of my employees' dads in Burbank. I worked in Burbank as a manager of a restaurant there. 
one of my waiters dads was actually he flew the 747 that the space shuttles came back on back to california right. from when they right. landed so i got a really cool frame picture of the shuttle on top of the 747 right and piggyback and yeah it's a really cool picture i really like it a lot speaking of that though did you see where your reptile man talked about space pirates the other day <laughs> I did. I did. That's why I mentioned Ted Cruz earlier. Yes. Reptile I mean, boy. Space pirates. He's fucking reptile, dude. I think there's space pirates out there, dude. <laughs> there's space pirates. <laughs> you can't make that up. You sound like a space pirate. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Ted. <laughs> People are so nuts. Dude, did so they insanity? You know, some of the stuff that we're throwing out there is, you know, definitely controversial. But, dude, I'm not a governor. I'm not a congressman. I'm not a senator. I'm none of that. So I can throw stuff out there if I want to. I'm a freaking actor. I can just play around, especially with any listeners, you know. Come on. A lot of this is a joke. So, you know, you got to really pay attention, follow along. You know, I'm really sarcastic. So, but this dude, he's serious. It's space <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel bad for the mentally ill when they have jobs that they can't handle. And, you know. Oh, man. And he's one of them, definitely. <laughs> I think it's funny. Oh, crazy. Dude, you're like talking through, news. You're, you're talking through a tunnel. Am I back in time? How's that? You got it. Sounded like you yawned. It sounded like you were like eating some chocolate cake. I don't know what was going on over there. Are you eating some chocolate? My phone fell. It was kind of beside me and then it fell. So I was probably yelling at it on the way down, but I picked it. Oh, we got it. We're good. Tim Cannon is strength. Well, I'm going to watch the news tonight so I have stuff to talk about tomorrow since I wasn't as prepared since I was. Dealing with mom last night and driving all day today, I didn't have a lot of things to prepare. So yeah, you really didn't miss, you didn't miss internet. much. You didn't yeah, miss it doesn't much. seem like it. Yeah. It does not seem like it. Just it's just a lot of storms still going on. And like I said, this last this next one that's coming up, it's already causing havoc throughout, you know, a whole bunch of areas that aren't supposed to get snow. They're getting snow. And uh and then it's gonna rip through the plains again. So and these are these are not these are all going to be severe. <clears throat> They're all going to be severe storms, and it's happening quickly. We're going to need chitty chitty bang bang so we can fly and float if we need to. Every every car should be a yeah. Chitty no, chitty bang uh, bang an airplane an airplane got an airplane got struck by lightning mid flight. Oh so, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in one of these storms, it closed down. One of these storms closed down the St. Louis airport and closed down uh, Tulsa. Um, they closed down um, the all of like the Air Force bases that are all around there. They cleared all of them out so wow. that they wouldn't get damaged. Yeah. And that was my original plan. was going to be in St. Louis originally. That's where I was going to go. I was wondering. I was wondering. Yeah, I was wondering why because I've noticed a lot of military activity lately as far as jets and helicopters are concerned. And they well, because are, of all the stuff he's thinking, he was thinking of spending 120,000 people to Iran until yesterday he said, psych, just kidding. And wow. Pompeo say kidding. 
But I'm sure there probably was a lot more military stuff because they were seriously talking about sending 120, 125,000 people to start a war in Iran because they were ramping that up. And then yesterday he says, no, we decided we're not going to do that now. Never mind. Like, they're, they're so weird. They're so freaking weird. It's crazy. I don't understand. Well, dude, be careful on the road, man. And, I will, uh, man. I will, uh, I will check in with you tomorrow. You know, it's don't. weird because an hour earlier every year, I, I'm keeping my watch on the regular time so I know when to start the show. Like today was in Illinois at 3 o'clock, not southeast. 4 o'clock for me. It's a good thing so you're not I going like to, uh, southeast. There's going to be hot as hell down there. It's, we're looking yeah. at 100 degrees in uh, in Florida coming up here over the weekend. So it's going to yeah. be hot. I'm going to have to do the show from the car tomorrow because, like I said, I keep losing this hour as I drive across. So it was an hour right. earlier today. The show started at 3 instead of my normal 4 today. Oh. And tomorrow if I'm driving, right. if I go far enough, it might be 2 o'clock. So I have no idea. Right. We'll see Sweet. what happens. So I may be in the car. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. thanks for uh, standing on my soapbox, buddy. Glad we were able to yeah, get together. I don't hate you, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. Something I said uh, that I haven't retracted yet. Something <laughs> about the Alabama governor. But yeah, in order to create a human, that's the other thing, man. Make sure it has to attach to the uterine wall in order to become a human. So a heartbeat bill is not enough. It's not enough as far as abortion is concerned or anti-abortion. All right, we'll end down there. there. We're going to play a little Matt Stern. Coming up in about two minutes, we have uh, the Iranian report, and then about five minutes to six night, we're going to start Astro Kiki a little early tonight because they have a little long show. So it's about three minutes. But thanks, Dan, and stuff. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Peace.
Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the Internet, reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the Equality Act passes in the House of Representatives. Nevada bans the gay panic defense. An Australian rugby player loses his $4 million contract thanks to homophobic social media posts. And the Elton John musical fantasy biopic Rocket Man premieres at the Cannes Film Festival. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. The Equality Act passed in the House of Representatives this past week by a vote of 236 to 173. The legislation would amend existing civil rights law, including the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Fair Housing Act, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, the Jury Selection and Services Act, and several laws regarding employment with the federal government to explicitly include sexual orientation, and gender identity as protected characteristics. Upon its passage, LGBTQ people would have explicit protections in areas including employment, housing, credit, education, public spaces and services, federally funded programs, and jury services. The question now is, what's next? For starters, the legislation now moves to the U.S. Senate. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said he has no plans to bring the Equality Act, which has 46 bipartisan co-sponsors in the Senate, up for a vote. Even if the Senate did decide to vote, at least 13 Republican members would have to join the Democrats in support to avoid a filibuster. And that's barring no Democrats would defect from our side. But even if it were to miraculously pass the Senate, President Trump would need to sign the bill into law, and a senior administration official told the Washington Blade last week that his administration is expected to officially come out in opposition of the Equality Act. The senior administration official told the Washington Blade, quote, the Trump administration absolutely opposes discrimination of any kind and supports the equal treatment of all. However, this bill in its current form is filled with poison pills that threaten to undermine parental and conscience rights. Hmm. Currently, 26 states have no specific protections against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity, which means that LGBTQ people can be fired, treated unfairly in schools, or barred from public services because of their identities with little to no legal recourse. A year-long investigation has concluded that Dr. Richard H. Strauss, who worked as a team doctor for Ohio State University, sexually abused at least 177 varsity male athletes from at least 16 sports over a nearly 20-year period. According to a 182-page report issued last week, Strauss would require the young athletes to strip, 
would grope them and make inquiries of intimate and sexual nature all under the guise of providing medical treatment or examination. According to one excerpt from the report, from roughly 1979 to 1996, male students complained that Strauss routinely performed excessive and seemingly medically unnecessary genital exams, regardless of the medical condition the student patients presented. Over 520 subjects took part in nearly 600 interviews throughout the investigation. The investigators wrote, quote, Strauss's acts of abuse ranged from the overt, such as fondling to the point of erection and ejaculation, to more subtle acts of abuse that were masked with a pretextual medical purpose. For example, requiring a student patient to strip completely naked to purportedly assess an orthopedic condition or asking probing questions about a student patient's sexual practices or performance, end quote. Mm. One of the athletes who spoke to investigators said he once complained of a sore throat to Strauss, which led to a genital exam. Another former wrestler, Nick Nutter, came forward last year saying the doctor groped him, quote, 19 exams out of 20. In addition, Several former students shared that Strauss was known to shower with students and hang out in the locker room. The investigators found that many of the students were under the impression that the physician's behavior was an open secret and that coaches, trainers, even other team doctors knew of the sexual improprieties. The report shows that several coaches and players reported incidents involving Strauss over the years, but the complaints never held Strauss accountable. There were so many complaints that an investigation was launched in 1994 by the university's director of sports medicine, Dr. John Lombardo. He eventually dismissed the allegations, calling them unfounded rumors. Congressman Jim Jordan, a Republican from Ohio, is now a powerful conservative congressman, but he was an assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State from 1987 to 1995. He maintains he never heard any of the rumors regarding Strauss, even though the investigation by Dr. Lombardo occurred during Jordan's tenure as an assistant coach. Jordan told the Washington Post he felt vindicated by the newly released report, saying it found no evidence he knew about the sexual abuses. But actually, the report doesn't mention him by name at all. In fact, several former Ohio State wrestlers came forward over the past year insisting the rumors were so widespread Jordan must have heard or knew something about the inappropriate behavior. Although, in truth, what would a seasoned politician say about such rumors today? Can you imagine Jordan standing up today and admitting after all these years, yes, I heard about all those incidents back in the day, but I chose to do nothing? Yeah, no. No politician is going to stand up and say they didn't do something about something wrong. 22 coaches interviewed by investigators said they were aware of rumors or complaints regarding Strauss. Upon the release of the report, Ohio State President Michael Drake issued a statement calling the findings shocking and painful to comprehend. Three groups of victims have filed lawsuits against the university, and Ohio State is said to be actively participating in a mediation process. While Strauss was still a professor emeritus at the time of his death in 2005, 
Ohio State told the press that it would begin proceedings to revoke that honor. Nevada has become the fourth state to prohibit the use of so-called gay and trans-panic defenses following California, Rhode Island, and Illinois. Senate Bill 97, which was signed into law last week, prohibits defendants from using a victim's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression as a defense in a criminal case. Senate Bill 97 states that gay panic and trans panic defenses appeal to irrational fears and hatred of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender persons, thereby undermining the legitimacy of criminal prosecutions and resulting in unjustifiable acquittals or sentencing reductions. Probably the best known use of the gay panic defense in the United States was in the murder trial of Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson, who were found guilty of first-degree murder in the 1998 death of Matthew Shepard. Shepard, a gay student at the University of Wyoming, was robbed, tortured, tied to a fence, and left to die by McKinney and Henderson. In court, McKinney's lawyer argued that his client was driven to temporary insanity following sexual advances by Shepard. Australian rugby union player Israel Folau has been fired from the sport after posting anti-gay statements on his social media. Folau, who is known for his aggressive stance on traditional Christian values, expressed anti-LGBTQ opinions on his Instagram on several occasions. Folau said in an interview last year he would rather walk away from rugby than tone down his rhetoric. Many times, Folau was given warnings about his homophobic posts, but Folau's posts finally became too much for the Australian League and his team, the Wallabies, as he was terminated by both. Folau was found guilty of a code of conduct breach last week, though his termination had been in the works since the past month. A three-person tribunal decided that Folau had crossed the line after posting a social media post which listed, quote, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, and idolaters before saying, hell awaits you. In response to his termination, Folau said that he was deeply saddened by the decision, adding that as Australians, we are born with certain rights, including the right to freedom of religion and the right to freedom of expression, he shared. Rugby Australia Chief Executive Officer Raylene Castle issued a statement which read, in part, while Rugby Australia accepts the panel's decision directing termination of Israel Folau's contract for his high-level breach of the Code of Conduct, we want to stress that this outcome is a painful situation for the game. In rugby, there is not a place for someone that puts their views or position in front of everyone else's. That is true of every employee that we have at Rugby Australia, not just the player base. We all need to work together and live to the values of Rugby Australia. Rugby Australia fully supports their right to their own beliefs, and nothing that has happened changes that. But when we are talking about inclusiveness in our game, we're talking about respecting differences as well. The upcoming musical fantasy biopic, Rocket Man, based on the life and career of pop music superstar Elton John, 
premiered at the Cannes Film Festival to rave reviews last week. At the end of the screening, the audience, with Elton John, star Taron Egerton, and director Dexter Fletcher, reportedly burst into applause. Egerton was seen tearing up at the response. The reviews so far have been very strong, especially for Egerton. The Los Angeles Times writes, He, Egerton, doesn't disappear into the role exactly, but he accomplishes something nearly as remarkable, which is to locate subtle depths of feeling in a character we first see wearing a deviled horn chicken costume. Vox writes, It's a biopic and a jukebox musical and a romance and also a movie about addiction, all crammed into a frenetic, jewel-studded ecstasy of a movie. Variety says, All white men fortunate enough to commission big-screen versions of their own life stories should be so lucky as to have someone as casually adorable as Egerton play them on screen. Not only because he's an especially strong actor, but because even with various unflattering wigs and a gap-tooth bridge, Egerton has a hard time looking dumpy. For those who can't wait until May 31st release date, there are special limited early access screenings available today on Fandango. And finally, the casting creators of the acclaimed FX series Pose celebrated another win this weekend as the show scored at the 78th Annual Peabody Awards, sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. Since 1941, the Peabody Awards have honored programs that demonstrate how media can defend the public interest, encourage empathy with others, and teach us to expand our understanding of the world around us. In short, they honor stories that matter. In addition to two Golden Globe nominations, the series has been honored as AFI's TV Program of the Year and nominations at the Gotham Awards, the Writers Guild Awards, and the Broadcast Film Critic Awards. And mark your calendars, Season 2 of Pose premieres on FX June 11th. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.
Then when is someone born? If you're turning 65 soon or over 65 and intend to retire, find out more about the plans that live up to their name. Don't up to that. Remember, the time to compare is before you go on Medicare. Don't wait. Get started today. Call United Healthcare and ask for your free decision guide. Learn more about AARP Medicare supplements and options and rates to fit your needs. Oh, and happy birthday or retirement in advance. New Shell Depower Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline has four levels of safety. Jump, air, corrosion, and friction. Act of security running like hell.
You're not going to legislate. Uh, we're not legislating anyway. So what do you, are, are, when are some of you then going to go rogue on your own and go start meeting with, with like-minded house members and go come up with your own infrastructure? Well, I, 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 I don't have any control over the house and, and the two people I just mentioned do. One has the lever, the other one has the, the, uh, the, the, the media, if you will. Uh, but in the Senate, yeah, I'm talking about it a lot. And, and some of my colleagues agree with me. And I'm not saying we've done nothing in the Senate. We've confirmed some really fine judges. I know you may disagree. I'm not, I'm listening to my words. I'm not saying we've done nothing. I'm saying we could do more. Yeah. And put, put a prescription drug bill on four of the United States Senate, by God, and let senators be senators. What's the worst that can happen? It will fight serious. Senator, have you read the full model report? I have. What did you make of Justin Amash's take? You're going to have to refresh my memory. It was well, he's a Republican. I mean, he looked at it and he thought. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's entitled to his opinion. This is America. He's entitled to his opinion. I don't agree with him. Um, I, I, I look, when, I, when a prosecutor uh, takes hold of a case, uh, his job is to, or her job is to do one or two things, indict or don't indict. Now, if Mr. Lover has changed his mind and he thinks Trump ought to be indicted, he needs to step up and throw a cotton gun to and say something. Okay. But he, he said no indictment. And he didn't say, he, I read it, he didn't say no indictment because of DOJ policy. He told Bill Barr three times, I did not decide not to indict because of, oh, solely because of DOJ policy. Well, that we only know from Bill Barr. We have yet to hear that from Bob Mueller. And that's something I think we all want to hear from Senator John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana. Always, uh, I always appreciate it. And, and Chuck, if, if, if yes, you sir. speak here on Louisiana, God bless you. Oh, I got it. Well, not just God. Probably Huey Long, too. So, anyway. All right. Senator, thanks very much. Okay. The KFC actually stand for Kentucky's fearful conservatives, while the governor's list is a bluegrass thing. Could suddenly mean big trouble for the GOP. And welcome back to Harry. He's already won big cars, two motorcycles, both in an RV. I would not want to pay that insurance, so. Oh, I have progressive, so I can funnel everything with my home insurance. They mean a ton of money. Love you, Harry! You don't have to buzz in. No question, Harry. On March 1st, 1810, Frederick Chopin, collapsing in 226, the Colossus of Rhodes. Louise Dust, Bronze Lullaby, or Ethan. McDonald's is committing $150 million in tuition, education, and career advising programs to help more employees achieve their dreams. When you take a line, you have the support of a probiotic and the gastroenterologist who developed it. A line helps to soothe your occasional digestive upset 24-7. With a strain of bacteria, you can't get anywhere else. You could say a line, but the pro and probiotic. So where you go, you grow goes. Go to the line. The pros do digestive health. And try a line gummy with pre-oils and probiotics to help support digestive health. The right ear matters. Here is the only 2019 Ford Ranger. It's the 
system for this. A batch metal for that. Electronic lock three differential for yeah, this. Edit to the supermarket, get in the truck. Heading out here, get the Ford Ranger. The only adventure here builds Ford stuff. All countries are war, a cyber war. Recently, Jackson County, Georgia, Orange County, North Carolina, Jackson County, Michigan, and the city of Albany looking for ransomware attacks. And those are the ones we know about. How will not be affected while our country is being attacked. After 20 years, this company is still fighting the fight, and I am not affected. I developed whitelist antivirus to proactively stop threats that our foreign made competitors could not. I am not a spectator. I added malicious crypt blocking and other use protection into PC matters to keep our customers uninfected. I am not a spectator. I call PC Matters Pro to businessmen and government agencies to support our channel partners. Don't be a spectator. PC Matters is hiring. I provide technical support for our home customers. I am not a spectator. Our products are trying to be affordable. Security should be for all citizens, not just the wealthy. I am not a spectator. Don't be a spectator. Join the ransomware resistance. The fullest. For the next event in 2020, vision the race set for Kentucky's gubernatorial election. I think it's a little bit of an indicator of what to look for in 2020 with a Trump-like figure running for re-election. We're grateful to be going forward into the general election. It wasn't a surprise to see Kentucky Republican Governor Matt Bevin win his party's nomination for re-election. But he won with just 52% of the vote against a relatively unknown challenger. The outspoken and brash Bevin was Trump before Trump, and his re-election bid could be a canary in the coal mine for the president in 2020. People in Kentucky are going to have a very clear and distinct choice to make uh, in the voting on the side. Bevin has low approval numbers in his own state despite a relatively strong economy and a history of outperforming media polls, and he'll be going up against the Democrat this November, Attorney General Andy Bashir, that shares the last name of someone who's considered a more pragmatic Democrat. And he sounds a lot like a guy named Joe Biden. A governor for all of Kentuckians, rich, poor, and everyone in the middle, Democrats, Republicans, and independents. Look, this governor's race isn't just a canary in the coal mine for Donald Trump. This will call a welcome on the ballot in Kentucky 2020. And if Bevin goes down, it could also be a headache for the Republican and Senate leader, too. Not just inviting a bunch of Democrats to give money to a Democrat, but something that Bevin would be without a job and maybe looking for a race to run. Anyway, watch Kentucky all year long. We're back with the list next. Hey, who are you? I ain't Seth, I'm a car thief. What? I'm here to steal your car because, well, that's my job. What? 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 <laughs> it happens. And you got cut rate car insurance? Pay for this and feel like getting robbed twice. <laughs> and you better protect it from many Okay, everyone, our mission is to provide complete balanced nutrition for strength and energy. Great tasting Ensure is 9 grams of protein and 26 vitamins and minerals. Ensure for strength and energy. I've been diagnosed with age-related macular degeneration, which could lead to vision loss. So today I made a plan with my doctor, which includes preservation. 
because it's my vision, my morning walk, my Sunday drive, my grandson's beautiful face. Only present vision A-Red Soup contains the exact nutrient formula recommended by the National Eye Institute to help reduce the risk of moderate to advanced A-G progression. Because it's my function. It's how I see my life. It's my vision. Preservation. Smart news. I was only watching news I agree with. I was only getting news from social media. Now, I use smart news. It has news from all sides. I, I trust smart news. Download smart news for free today. Through the AT&T network, edge to edge intelligence gives you the power to see every corner of your phone. From finding out what's coming next, to managing your connections, to collaborating and working with your team, giving you a nice big edge over your competition. That's the power of edge to edge intelligence. With my hepatitis C, I felt I couldn't be at my best for my family. In only eight weeks with Maverick, I was cured and left those doubts behind. I faced reminders of my hep C every day, but in only eight weeks with Maverick, I was cured. Even having new friends, I worried about my hep C, but in only eight weeks with Maverick, I was cured. Maverick is the only eight-week cure for all tongue types of hep C. Before starting Maverick, your doctor will test if you have hepatitis B, which may flare up and cause serious liver problems during and after treatment. Tell your doctor if you have hepatitis B, a liver or kidney transplant, other liver problems, HIV-1, or other medical conditions, and all medicines you take, including herbal supplements. Don't take Maverick with Adizanvir or Rebantin, or if you've had certain liver problems. Common side effects include headache and tiredness. With hep C behind me, I feel free. Yes. There's no looking back. were 
Trump, Michael Cohen, and uh, and the Attorney General. Yeah. The, you know, the, the tech was stacked against Democrats there. Bob Mueller testifying, I focus on that. The Mueller and Stormy Daniels. I mean, this to me is the challenge for the Democrats. I mean, look, I can keep track of it. Was that for the state AG or is that for the, is that for the U.S. Congress? I mean, you know, Deutsche Bank, we hope, has enough lawyers to keep track of it all. Uh, yeah, because I can't. Right. Uh, you probably do, too. We have whiteboards in the office. You know, all the Democrats running, all the investigations, all that stuff. And it, because you can't keep track of it otherwise. And, I mean, Democrats are in a quandary here. I can't give them advice, but it, it they... It's their duty to go after all the balls that are theoretically in play. Every Republicans do. They've been going after all the balls. They won. Right, absolutely. And they'd be derelict in their duty if they didn't. It's hard to know how that's all being consumed by average Americans and voters, whether it's coming across as just this deluge of of everything and everything that there's an attack on the president, or whether it all kind of meshes together and feels like just one kind of thing, and that we're all just just doing that. And so, you know, you can see why Democrats are trying, and part of it is that they haven't done a good job of outlining a very clear strategy, telling, you know, public exactly what they're doing and what their end game is. It's all just kind of, it all just feels a little bit like shooting from the head. I mean, this is my fear. So let's say if each event ends up happening sometime this summer, that they just sort of, they get to this point where they feel like they had a choice to do it. Yeah. What would you tell Joe Biden? What would you tell Henry Henry? I think in large measure, uh, they stay on the sidelines of it because now that's a, co- a congressional action. Um, by currently, like that's Washington. That's what, yeah, that's Washington. Uh, and, and I don't think if you are a presidential candidate, do you really want to weigh in on the unknown of an impeachment hearing? I mean, you just don't know where that's going to go, how it's going to be received by, by the public, to your point, and Carol, because I, I believe that's the Democrats' ultimate part. The reason I bring this up is impeachment will consume the presidential campaign in that it will overshadow it. It will overshadow it only to the extent that they keep getting asked about it. But it won't do it. I mean, but we're going to have to hear it. Like, if you had it, you'd have to talk to each other. If you're a presidential candidate, your opinion matters as much as what? I mean, oh, no, no, no. I, I know. I'm just like, curious what does the race? Well, I think that if you're Joe Biden, if you're Kamala Harris, you have to make this a, a, a reason why you've got to get rid of Trump in terms of he is incapable of the investigation to get rid of Trump. Well, if he's incapable of doing the work for the American people uh, and he's sidetracked on all this and he's created a mess. He said he was going to come to Washington and change things. He said he was going to come to Washington and drain the swamp. And look what we have now. It's more of a mess than it's ever been. And that's why I'm focused on health care and the economy. And, that, and, that, and that's where they got to move things. I don't, think, I don't know whether you meant to do this or not. It feels like, like the best thing to happen to Joe Biden would be an impeachment inquiry because I think it freezes the Democratic race in a weird way because everybody's uh, so fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, and Biden's kind of interesting because he he is of all of them, you know, he has more to risk by backing an impeachment process than, than others because of the way he's yeah, he in, in, yeah, in, yeah. in the in the primary. And you know, our colleague Mike Fennelly has asked him this question and he doesn't answer, you know, Biden's the new discipline with Biden. Um, and so yeah, he is, right? Uh, so it's kind of tough. It'll be it's for him, I think it's the toughest, and the others have already said they started. That's, 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 that's what he's doing. What I say, he's just 
there, there's only so much time. Yeah, I mean, and some of them are, are going to be asked how they how they would vote and, and maybe eventually have to vote on it. And yeah, it, it, it becomes it becomes something that at the moment is a, is an abstraction. I mean, it's a huge abstraction, but it isn't actually a real thing yet that, that they have to say yes or no on. And I mean, there you know there is still a middle of the country. There are still middle of the road voters, and they're going to you know either you can alienate them either way. Michael Steele, John Kennedy sounded like Bob Corker Remember, Bob Corker was the one that started getting upset at Mitch McConnell. Yeah. You know, you keep holding it. We want to vote on some stuff. And you know, Ron Johnson is one of the uh, senators who gets frustrated with the sort of the iron fist way that, that McConnell runs the Senate. Um, you think Kennedy, how alone do you think Kennedy is in the Senate? He's not alone uh, in that regard because, and it was largely because in their Tuesday meeting, on their Tuesday uh, lunch meeting, um, I can guarantee you, having sat in on a number of those meetings, uh, that there's a lot of conversation about how this is playing out to the effect of those Senate races. 24 people on the board uh, going into next year. Um, a handful of them are a little bit dicey. Um, and they want to be able to go out and say, gee, mom and dad are not like this, right? And, and they, they cannot, they cannot afford to go an entire year with nothing to show for other than what they did three years ago. Well, have Democrats call Kennedy Flop and say, okay, maybe there is a coalition of the women. I think so. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a close for summer sign on the Senate right now. Maybe even close for, 19, for 2019. And Democrats, I think, look, I pointed out earlier, they have been passing legislation that is popular with the American people, that's popular with Republicans. Uh, and they should be, you know, holding up signs where we for his niche. You know, I would I would be trying to bring the Senate Republicans more into this in terms of giving you know, uh, applying uh, pressure and blame on them for uh, for the fact that nothing's getting done in Washington. I mean what is going Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello, all of our gods and goddesses. Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We have an exciting show planned today with lots of pop culture, Hollywood news, and a celebrity guest. My name is Kyle Thomas. I am a pop culture astrologer, and I'm excited to speak with you today. Hey, guys. Sam Davidson here, pop culture expert, celebrity gossip enthusiast, red carpet reporter. Super stoked because, again, our celebrity guest is Scott Nevins. So thank you so much for being here, Scott. Thanks for having me. Twice I was called a celebrity guest. I like this place. You are. We like stroking the ego, and it's very, very true. You have done so many really cool things, and for me, this is very cool because you do essentially what I do, but on a way bigger platform, 
So I'm thrilled to meet you and hear more about it. You are best known for being one of the breakout stars and original cast members of Bravo's TV series, The People's Couch, which I always loved. So funny. So much fun to watch, and you were formerly from True TV's hit show, True TV Presents World's Dumbest, and you are also an award-winning host, TV radio personality, writer, comedian, entertainment political news contributor, and LGBTQ and HIV awareness activist and producer, and you are also starting a new one-man show here in Los Angeles at the Rockwell called Scott Nevins is Engaged and Enraged. Very excited to hear more about that. What, yes. don't, what don't you do? Well, I, I was listening to that. First of all, can you just come and read my bio every day of my <laughs> life? It reminds me that I've done things with my life. You did it so beautifully. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. The new show at Rockwell, Scott Nevins is Engaged and Enraged, is June 19th. So anybody who's in or near L.A. better be there. It's very scary. It's my first time. I've done the same act. You know, comedians have an act, and I've done it for 10, 15 years, and this is like 90% new material and it is a little scary but I'm excited because it represents who I am now which is more there's lots of pop culture stuff but it's also a lot of uh, stuff about falling in love getting engaged and having that all happen under this crazy political climate that we are in so there's I will definitely make you laugh about our current political climate I promise so don't don't get scared off by the politics stuff. I love it. And honestly, the Rockwell is one of my favorite places uh, to see performances. It's great. It is so cool. It's essentially a, ca- a cabaret kind of style thing. You know, they Absolutely. serve you food and drinks, and the stage kind of goes all over the room. It's really beautiful. And you've just interviewed some of the coolest people in a stand-up comedy setting, in a way, at Caroline's in New York, right? Because yeah. it's on stage, and, it's, and you've also done a lot of red carpet stuff, too. But again, we just read your bio. Is that weird to kind of hear everything you've done over the span of God? How many years? No, it is. You know, we all get so tough on ourselves, right? We get down on ourselves when things aren't going exactly as you want them to go. So you think, oh, like, what have I done? And then I go back, and it sounds so Norma Desmond, but I go back and sometimes I look at that bio and I'm like, oh, wow, like, I did a lot starting at age 20. You know, I started young, so I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of working with everyone from Barry Manilow to Liza Minnelli to, you know, uh, when I was in New York, when I started, the first gig I ever had was this thing called Scott Nevins Presents. And it was a basically a fake live talk show in a gay bar. And we had everyone under the sun come through and do that show because it sort of caught on as an underground cult thing. And we had everyone from Tammy Faye Baker, uh, RuPaul, Deborah Cox, Graham Norton, the queer, the original Queer Eye guys, because it was back then, uh, and it was it was an amazing kickoff for me, and I and I love that time. And I sort of go back and go, those were the fun, easy days, and now it's also so serious. And you know, everyone's like, what is your brand? What is my, I was like, my brand is me. Like I'm just me, and I work, and I love working. And if you want me to talk about astrology today, I'll do that. If you want me to talk about pop culture, I'll do that. And if you want me to talk about you know, decorating a room, sure, I can pretend I know how to do that. You can come to my new place in Palm Springs and see if I have any taste or not. <laughs> well, I, I, I will be taking you up on several of those offers, mm-hmm. so um, I can't wait for that. We, of course, have to get into our uh, astrological forecast of the week. Kyle is going to tell us all about it, and as usual, I will be your astrological dummy but learning, and we're just going to ask the questions that you guys probably have. Absolutely. So we actually have a pretty light week ahead. You know, we don't have as many cosmic storms as we have been going into, you know, with the retrogrades and and all of these, you know, sort of clashing of the planets. 
you know, going forward here, we are going to notice that Mercury is now in Gemini. So, Scott, do you know what Mercury rules in astrology? I don't, and it's so funny. I have sworn my whole life that I actually have better luck at booking work when Mercury is in retrograde. My life is actually like I book more things, things are better for me. Is that crazy? Am I totally off base? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, essentially when we look at, you know, different kinds of uh, flow in the universe, it, it is how the planets are moving and transiting at that time. So, you know, when we have a retrograde happening, it means that from our point of view, we see the planet go backwards. So we are revisiting things from the past. So, you know, if you're actually, you know, revisiting a contact from the past, a friendship from the past, you know, a, a project from the past, it's slowing you down to take that time to revisit it and then begin it anew. So, you know, maybe that, that could be a, a key to your success at certain times because you're allowing your brilliance to kind of take time to, se to, to salivate and then, you know, flourish and grow, grow from there. So, and especially, again, like I said, if you're going back to people from the past, you know, that's going to allow you to really find more success at okay. those times. So, you know... With Mercury now being in Gemini, Mercury is communication. Mercury is, is business, you know, it is how we are, you know, communicating, you know, whether that's through writing or speaking with the world. Uh, also, with it being in Gemini, it, this is a natural placement for it because Mercury rules Gemini, so it's very at home. You know, we're going to feel extra chatty, extra social now with this energy. We're going to also be feeling more curious with the world over the coming week. You know, this is going to last until June 4th, you know, so we've got a little bit of time to experience in this. And so we're going to be actually receiving pleasure by digging into information and, and digging into, you know, how we can actually learn more and connect more with the world. You know, so really allowing yourself to, you know, be engaging in, in wordplay and, and puns and allowing your wit to shine is going to be something that is going to allow us more, more happiness. And, and you being an air sign as well, I think you're going to really enjoy that a lot, Sam. Well, I'm just realizing now I do have a stand-up show um, on June 1st, so that would be a good time, right, to do something like this? That's perfect. So an interesting enough thing about that, too, is that, you know, so... The way that your chart aligns specifically because you are a Libra and you're a Libra rising, that is going to fall into your house of publicity and media at that point in time. So right when all of this energy is going, you know, so you're going to you're actually going to see opportunities in that grow, you know, during in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, so I'm super yeah. excited I'll for tell, you. I'll tell the booker at Flappers, you know, I'm sorry I had to cancel uh, the past couple of times, but it was because I was waiting for this specific time for the stars to align for me to be best on stage and for you guys to love me the most. Love me. Please love me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the next thing we're just going to kind of touch on really easily here is, so there are different phases of the moon, obviously. You know, this week we are going to be going into the waning moon, which is the last quarter of the moon as we start to go from, we had a, we had a full moon recently in Scorpio, and now we are going back down to the new moon where it's going to be completely dark. So, Scott, do you know anything about the moon? You know, kind of like the different phases of it? I know the song Old Devil Moon from Finian's Rainbow. <laughs> Does that count? Well, astrologically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in the gay world, yes, it's good for me for knowing that. Absolutely, know. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, a new moon is when we're going to start intentions. We're going to lay actions. We're going to, you know, be starting to build new things, build new plans. The, the full moon is when things are coming to culmination. It's like a harvest at this point in time. Then we obviously go back to the new moon 
after that. However, we're in between the full moon and the new moon approaching. So this is a time we're gonna, we're, when, you know, over the next week, we're going to be feeling the completions in, in, in the atmosphere and around us that have been a part of our lives over the last couple days. And we're actually going to be starting to think about new beginnings that we want to make in the beginning of June. So we have a new moon in June, June coming up. That's when we're going to actually lay the next cycle for us. So, you know, spend this week, you know, starting to release things. You know, if there's something that's not serving you, let it go, you know. And, and, and if there's something that you're reaching fulfillment within, appreciate that and allow it to move on to the next phase of growth. Amazing. Anything else we have to look out for? Or just a pretty calm week before, I mean, it's going to be a month or so before Mercury goes into retrograde again. Yeah, we're going to start having the shadows of Mercury retrograde, I believe probably, I have to look at the specific dates, but in the middle of June, but but everybody brace yourselves, July is going to be a shit show. Really? Why? Well, we have eclipses. Eclipses are always causing a lot of huge shifts, beginnings, endings, uh, you know, culminations. Uh, but also we have Mercury retrograde going going at the same time. So when we talk about cosmic storms, that's when shit is flying, you know, you, where pe- you know, relationships are breaking, people are falling in love, people are, you know, getting engaged, people are moving across country, people are getting a cat, you know, like literally just like crazy <laughs> things, you know, buying a house, leaving a house, like whatever it be, that, and it, it affects the way that it falls into their chart. So for you, it is going to be, because we have, so this is in, your income and worth sector. So you're going to be seeing some of those things as well as... Well, this is a good... Scott always Scott said that he likes it when Mercury goes in retrograde. Things <laughs> yeah. happen for him. Yeah, it's in how you, you, you combine with a partner. So obviously, you know, you're getting married. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But over the next year and a half, you're really going to be focusing on how you merge together and can become closer. And, you know, also the balance in finances and, and ownership and things and... And all of that kind of stuff that's just important to address with these eclipses. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing what is going to be going on with everyone this week. And we are next going to get into our pop culture segment. So stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back, and we are going to be getting into the top three stories of the week, as well as our celeb WTF. They are super interesting, and they're kind of like, not rumors, but things that people have wondered about, speculated about. We're just going to talk about them, because guess what? A lot of rumors are true. I hate to say it, but there is truth to every rumor. Kylie Jenner. I, I've become such a big fan of Kylie over the years. I think she's become uh, my favorite Kardashian because I just don't think she gives an F. Like, she just does what she wants to do. I mean, so she had her baby last year and literally hid the pregnancy from everyone the entire time until she had the baby. So there has been more speculation recently about her having a second child with her man who, I mean, we love, love, love them together. And she, they have the kid together. They say they're married. They're not technically married. I don't think, you know, Travis Scott is a very sexy man. I didn't even know that until recently because she posted on Instagram for his birthday. She threw him this crazy party 
and she just posted photos of him, which I'd never seen before, holding their baby. And she, her caption was something really, really funny and super interesting. It said, watching you evolve into the partner, friend, son, and father you are today has been so fulfilling. My real life bestie and hubby. I don't know what that really means. All wrapped into one. I love you and I'm so, so proud of you. Happy, happy birthday. Let's F around and have another baby. So, yes, that was something. But then people started speculating on Mother's Day. They saw her and, you know, a really big coat. And I usually don't like to report on that kind of things because I'm a woman and I also have very big breasts. And I have been like, oh, when are you expecting? And I'm like, screw you. But Kylie hasn't ever shut down these rumors at all. She definitely wants another child. And people said at the Met Gala she looks pregnant. That I do completely disagree. But again, she hasn't shut anything down. And I know that Kyle has some interesting stuff to say because this could possibly be like a super fertile time for her. Absolutely, actually, yeah. So one of the ways that we look at you know luck or fertility or cycles of people's lives is the planet Jupiter. It's one of my favorite things to, 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 to talk about in astrology as well as eclipses. So anybody that follows us really does see that I talk about those two a lot. So specifically, we're going to look at Jupiter right now. So it takes 12 years for it to go around the sun. Right now, it is in blessed Sagittarius. So Scott is just, you know, shining and radiating. And we're definitely going to talk about that later. But specifically, the way it hits Kylie, because she's a Leo, it falls in her sector of fertility and children. And it's going to stay there until December. So she has a lot of opportunity, actually, in this, this arena of her life. Not only will her children bring her more happiness, but she has the opportunity to have more. Also, one date that I specifically looked at this is also very so, so connected to Scott's time as well, is June 17th. There is likely to be a big focus because it's a full moon in this sector for her that could either be she notices she's pregnant, she announces that she's pregnant, or she has a big focus on her child that she already has. So that's really important. The next thing I want to look at also is the potential father, which would be Travis Scott. He's a Virgo, and the interesting thing is, is the way that these planets move is that, you know, Virgo's, Virgo is right after Leo. So even though she is in her most fertile time right now, he goes into it in December for a year. So he has a, you know, a, a big opportunity to, you know, whether or not he to, to conceive with her. Well, he, you know, he may also just be spending more time with his children at that point in time. The last thing I will say, though, is that for him, we go back to the eclipses. An eclipse is destiny. It's an important, significant thing that comes into your life that, bam, it was meant to happen. He had his first eclipse in his childhood zone or fertility zone on June or January 5th. The next one is July 16th. The next one is Christmas. Mm. So, and it's going to continue for like another year after that. So he's going to like, so there's a lot of opportunity for them as a couple to really be popping them out, you know? Uh -uh. <laughs> like, I, I'm predicting a Christmas baby, a Kardashian Christmas baby. It'll be a great special on E. I was going to say, that's going to be a six-part special. <laughs> they are just multiplying, though. They can't stop. There's like, there's so many of them. They're taking over. Ten. I think there's ten grandchildren now. Oh Kris Jenner has ten grandchildren. And you know she loves it. Yeah. Oh, she does. Yeah. I mean, 
you have been, Scott, a, a pop culture kind of commentator for a long time. What are your thoughts on the Kardashians? Have you grown to love them? Did you always love them? And which one is your favorite? Okay, so here's the truth. I They sort of represent everything I hate about show business, right? <laughs> Me too. But when I am home, if I'm sick or I'm tired and I put on E and they're on, I always get sucked into watching the show. And it's fascinating. And that's really... Um, a compliment to the producers, right, and to the people who edit that show, because it's it they can turn absolutely nothing, a two-minute conversation into a whole episode and an argument and a makeup and a and a tearjerker and everything, and it's amazing that I get sucked in because I know what it takes to build those moments and I still fall for it. I do think that uh, it is amazing what Kris Jenner has been able to do. Right to take literally nothing and turn it into billions of dollars, and then they have all moved from that and played the chess game brilliantly. So I never take that away from them. Mm-hmm. I think they are hugely influential, and as somebody who cares about uh, social causes, politics, and stuff, I wish they would dive in more and use their voice. And unfortunately, the only one who did that was Kim and her husband, but doing it for the wrong team, according to me, and, <laughs> um, you know, and, and not doing society a great service. So, you know, I wish they would do more of that, but I know that it's not their quote-unquote brand. I know it's not what they do, but I think it's powerful. Like, we saw um, Taylor Swift step up during the midterm elections, and although that election did not turn out the way we hoped, she did something that was so huge and made such an impact and inspired millions of young women to care about politics and young men. And so, you know, for me, that's a, that's a real um, cause for me. And so I think if the Kardashians want to win me over, and I know they are very worried about that every day, about winning <laughs> me over. If they want to win me over, I want to see more of that. But do I like them? I have grown to understand why we have them and appreciate what they do in the world of show business. And that was such a political answer. And uh, my favorite, I always confuse their names. Who's the short one with the black hair who had the kids and was married to Scott? Oh, uh, Courtney. Courtney. I don't know why. Courtney reminds me of girls I went to high school with, who I was cool with. I like her. I think she is the most down-to-earth. She's um, real. She just yeah. does, and she has a sarcastic bite to her. Yes. And she doesn't really. She's like, yeah, I don't care if you don't like me. That's fine. Yeah. No. She's like, I have tons of money and I'm happy with my family except my husband, ex-husband. Are they what? What well, is the status now? We did a celeb WTF on them a couple of weeks ago. He's with Sophia Richie, who is oh. like a very very young. But, um, like yeah. a fetus, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's probably, I think, newly 21 or 22, because when they got together, I believe she was about 18 years old. Um, I don't even want it. No. Could you, I'm like, I mean, even like being a gay man, like, Mm-mm. I feel like whenever I think of 18-year-old boys, it just makes me think of smell. <laughs> yeah, I, is that, yeah. I know that's so bizarre and gross, but no, like, I I'm just like, have you ever like... I, I, you know, I straight men are, are, are weird beasts, <laughs> and sure they um, can be smelly themselves and, and, yeah. and weird. So, At all ages. Yes. Well, I'm excited to see, especially if we're right, uh, about Kylie having a baby soon, and what that'll be. She's the youngest, but she's the most maternal, I think, out of all of them. She says she's always wanted to be a mother, 
and she seems happy. So I and I, I do believe that she really parents her daughter a lot. Like I don't see a lot of nannies and caretakers in that situation. Um, and you know, she actually has the biggest empire out of all of them with her makeup. So we shall see. We shall see. Next, this isn't typically a, a story I would bring up, but I do think it's important and extremely interesting uh, because of the influence of celebrity and social media on somebody's career. So James Charles, who had millions, and he still does have millions, of followers on all of his social media accounts, but specifically on YouTube because he is this makeup guru. And everyone has been obsessed with him for a few years now. And there's another YouTube influencer named um, Tabby Westbrook. And she kind of helped, like, make him who he was. She's a lot older than him. He's early 20s. She's in her late 30s. She's a, married to, you know, a very rich, successful man. And she has this whole makeup kind of tutorial empire of her own. And, I mean, these people make a lot of money. They make more money than people we consider famous celebrities. And I hate that. <laughs> Until it's you. Until it's me, but yeah. honestly, I would just take that opportunity and be like, well, what can I can I make a movie from this? You know, can, yeah. can we make a TV show? But basically... But they don't need to, though. I know. They, Sorry to cut you off, but they no. don't need to. Like, they are making that kind of movie money. They're making movie money off of YouTube and putting on makeup and I will tell you I've seen their tutorials I'm obsessed with makeup by the way have been since I was a little kid uh and I'm always obsessed with guys who are like oh I wear makeup and because I do like I wear makeup if I am going on stage or on camera or even out mm-hmm. you know I'll definitely like under eye whatever I need to do but I'm obsessed with like contouring and I think it's just an amazing um artistic expression right I think it's an artistry to the extreme and so I, I've seen their videos, and so I'm a little troubled. What happened? Like, why are we all upset? Okay, so what happened, and it is honestly over the dumbest thing in my personal opinion. And no, there's a half of it that's the dumbest thing. The other half is alarming. So basically, and, and James Charles is the first man to ever be a cover girl ambassador. And last, or yes, last week, Teddy released a 40-minute-plus YouTube video and it was basically about how she is cutting ties with James. And she outlined her issue with him and why she was cutting ties with him. Basically, at Coachella this year, uh, James partnered with Sugar Bear Hair, which is a gummy vitamin for women's hair and nails. And if you follow people on The Bachelor and like all that crap and again I I love The Bachelor but uh, they kind of spew out these crazy promotions blah 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 and he started uh, representing them but Taddy is actually um, has a very similar product and she's always been like promoting him and so he went with her competitor and started promoting the competitor and because of that she decided to just tell the world all the shit that she had on him and some of it was rather alarming basically besides being a traitor to her which i'm sorry sugar bear hair whatever you're gonna let sugar bear hair completely cut off a friendship of years she's also saying that he sexually assaulted and was extremely aggressive to heterosexual men and that he kind of tries to turn them and people's women's girlfriend or women's boyfriends that he's friends with he has 
tried to lure them in and be like, you're not straight, you know, you, and tried to get them to be with him. And yes, that is terrible, but I have seen these comments online from women, which is interesting, saying, yeah, that's messed up, but this is what guys do to us 24-7. We get unsolicited dick pics. We get people hitting on us. We have boyfriends. We have husbands. We might be lesbians. Like, we don't want it, but are those people canceled in the world? Absolutely not. So since all this happened, a couple of other very famous YouTubers, including Jeffree Star, have come out and they're like, oh, yeah, no, he is just an attacker. He is, like, very negative. He's toxic. He hits on men. He assaults them, like, sexually in certain ways. And he's been followed by all these celebrities, including Miley Cyrus, Kylie Jenner, Katy Perry, Demi Lovato, Shawn Mendes. And they've all unfollowed him now. He's just completely been canceled. He's lost millions of YouTube followers in the past week. And um, Taddy has gained them. And it, it's he wrote an apology. He did an apology video. But it's not necessarily apologizing. I'm not saying he's a good dude. I, I don't know him. But it does seem extreme. And I do think it might have been more than Taddy uh, wanted to do to him in the first place. So, Kyle, can you tell us a little bit about what was going on astrologically? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually one of the most difficult stories that you've ever pulled out for, for me because I had to, you know, it was, it was essentially really difficult to, to pinpoint the exact details because since we don't have their exact full chart. You know, when we're looking at all of that, we can kind of see when certain things are clashing. I did find some things really interestingly, actually, though. Uh, so first off, though, I can see why Taddy and James were connected. They're both air signs. So James is a Gemini. Taddy's an Aquarius. So the way that their energies work is that, you know, they're very, you know, compatible. They flow together. However, Taddy is a fixed sign. And so she's more strong in her authority and in her opinions, whereas James can be more flexible and hard to pin down. Also, with their age being a factor, Taddy has gone through her Saturn return and James has not. So they're literally on two opposite spectrums of maturity. Do you know what the Saturn return is, Scott? I, I can sort of follow it from how you just depicted Yeah, so it situation. takes 29 years for Saturn to go around the sun. Once that happens, it, it, it really forces you to level up. So if you're in the, in the age between, I would say, like 27 to even 31, roughly in that area, it is really going to force you to stand up for who you are, lay down really solid foundations, and make some very long-term plans that are going to affect you for a significant amount of time. Some people get engaged. Some people, you know, move across country. Some people finally launch their career. You know, for me, I moved to Los Angeles. I really started launching my career to the next level. You know, I, I laid down foundations in a way that are going to last for me for, for a significant, significant amount of time. So going back to that uh, idea, he has not gone through that. So he's a child. She, ha she is not. She is, she is evolved. Uh, also, I was looking back on May 10th specifically when this happened. The wh where the planets were is that there were there was a lot of energy in James's 12th house. You know, when we talk about the houses, they rule different things. The 12th house rules privacy, secrets, and it can also represent em enemies. So, you know, with uh, the sun here, these these things, these enemies, were coming to light. They were being exposed. These things that he, were, that he was doing, that he was trying to hide, were suddenly being illuminated. Also, with Mercury being here, it shows that communication about these things that he was hiding was finally coming to light as well. So there was that. And then also, Uranus, which is the planet of shocking changes and chaos, 
also is in his 12th house as well. So it's showing that there's this chaotic energy that's, that's wreaking havoc from the things that he has been trying to hide. So I thought that was really, really very interesting to see on the 10th. Um, also diving into this, this exact day, Saturn, which rules hardship, was oppressing his moon. So he was feeling extremely limited and, and constrained and unable to move. And then also Uranus, planet of change and surprise, was clashing with his birth Neptune, which Neptune rules illusion and deception. So this energy actually specifically with Saturn and, and Uranus is going to continue until April 2020, so he's not through it. It's going to actually continue to grow. And it's showing that he is having a, a very difficult time distinguishing between r what is his so-called reality and illusion. Like, what is real? He doesn't know. You know, and he, he is, you know, always trying to, you know, investigate that because he's a famous YouTube star that focuses on beauty. So there's that. Um, and then the last thing I will notice is that for Taddy, there were two significant things happening on May 10th. Mars, which rules conflict and aggression and war, was aligning with her, you know, natal or birth Pluto. Pluto rules death and destruction and power. And because these were aligned at this time, they weren't clashing, she was feeling more aggressive to fight off any obstacles or situations that have been difficult or painful to her. So she was, you know, pushing that off. And then the last thing is that the sun was exactly in the same place in the sky as her Chiron, which Chiron is an asteroid that we call the wounded healer in astrology. And it was... It, but what it does is it, it really focuses on where we need to do significant healing you know, on ourselves and, and, and hopefully to the world. And so since that was aligned, it was exposing the, uh, she was ex focusing on exposing actions in order to heal others and have her voice heal as well. So that was literally what was happening right there. And that was so hard to like find. I was like, that was really intense. That's crazy. Isn't that weird though? Yeah. I mean, that's literally exactly what has been happening. And to be frank, I don't care that much about them, but I, I do think that it is an interesting commentary on how all these huge stars have just unfollowed him. When they unfollow somebody, people know, and that means their followers might unfollow him. So his career might be ruined, and maybe more stuff will come out, and that it, it is deserved, you know, who knows, but... I'm surprised. I think YouTube, the only thing that it, it currently is really good for in a way now is the makeup tutorials. All the other stuff, I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, the younger generation than me, I, I'm i friends with some kids, you know, from hosting and things like that and performing. They're in their early 20s and they are, we're so into this YouTube stuff. And I've looked at the videos and it's just these like challenges they do with like, guzzling a gallon of milk like i don't give a shit are you kidding me this gets millions of freaking views to have it is so absurd and i don't like it and so i'm not saying i'm i'm happy about this happening but you know this could possibly be the end of a youtube era because i don't think it's a good look for taddy either i mean just stop being friends with him yeah i can just say and, and i am not defending him and i'll get to that in a second why did she wait till now to reveal all of this stuff if this is how she felt about her, you know, protege and friend and, and this person that she works so closely with. If you feel that way and you know these things about that person, why are you promoting them? Absolutely. The same reason she's sort of unpromoting him, right, is because of money and because of the business. And and that's show business right there, right? Like mm -hmm. they were showbiz friends. And 
she's like, oh, you did this to stab me in the back, when really he did it to take a gig, right? Like, we all take gigs, and we say, oh, you're going to pay me? Well, do I uh, – well, I can't speak for everyone, but for the, I know the three of us, it's like, do I authentically agree with what I'm promoting? Yes? Okay, great. Some people will promote anything. And I think that she sort of, you know, did it vindictively, and she got what she wanted, right? People are unfollowing him. That's like the kiss of death now in, in this business. But also, uh, to clear something up, you cannot turn someone gay, right? So we just want to say that. And, and if he was making unwanted sexual advances at straight men or gay men or anybody, like, yes, you are a horrible person. You are wrong, and you need to be held accountable. Just like you said, these women said, this happens to us every day. It's really disgraceful that in our society, we have accepted that as like, oh, boys will be boys, even mm -hmm. in the gay community. It's like, oh, well, that's just gay guys. It's like, no, mm -hmm. no, it's not. That's called not having class, not having respect for yourself or for other people. And when we can finally put an end to that, then we are able to step forth as a better community and say, okay, how do we take care of each other? Absolutely, and I, and I do really hope that someone steps forward as far as a female advocate of some sort to to bring that point up. That's not just on Twitter and all of that. But that said, this is a developing story, and I am interested to see where it goes. Our third story is another royal story, and it's about Prince William possibly cheating on Kate. And here here's what I know, or here's what people are saying, and, and I will say I do think it's probably true. Uh, Prince William has been accused of having an affair with one of his wife, uh, wife's Kate's uh, best friends. Her name is Rose Hanbury. And her husband, yes, Rose. So British. It's so British. So the her and her husband, and they have some kind of royal lineage too, or her husband did, does. The four of them were best friends, great old pals. You know, their cottages were right down the street from each other. And it came to light though recently that Kate all of a sudden just cut ties with her completely. She's a former model and it was likely because William had been having an ongoing affair with her. And so press in the UK, as I I don't I'm you might know Scott, I'm sure, you know, they're a little bit different. Like the royal oh, family like they they're awful, but <laughs> if it's about the royal family, like mm -hmm. you can't really touch them that much. It's very you can get in a lot of trouble. Yes. Yeah. But when the U.S. outlets pick this up, they don't care, you know. They, and that's why, too, the British and, well, the U.K. outlets, like, they love giving garbage on the Americans because they can. And with their royal family, they really cannot. And they, William has threatened to kind of sue a couple of the publications, and there really hasn't been an official, no, I didn't do it, and... Uh, Prince Harry and Prince William, there was said to be some kind of rift between them, and people thought it was because of Meghan Markle, but now people are saying it possibly was because it, Harry knew what he was doing, and he said, please don't be dad, like, look at what dad did to mom. I was just going to say, like father, like son. Exactly. Yeah. That That's what they're saying now, and honestly, Prince William used to be hot, and he has turned into a potato. <laughs> I'm sorry. A you know. He looks like a potato, and I don't think he's. I think Harry is so much hotter. Not that it matters. Any powerful man, like mm -hmm. especially a, an ex model, whatever, climbing up the ladders, she could. And as we know, it, it she could be his wife one day. Look at Camilla Parker Bowles, right? Exactly. He married Diana. Okay, so my partner's British. So Philip is British, okay, okay. and. First thing is most British people could care less about the royals the way that we are obsessed with like the gossip. They were like, eh, 
but I'm obsessed. So, so Diana, right, who mm-hmm. is beloved by the whole world, uh, but maybe not so not all British people. Uh, she married him, but he always was in love with Camilla Parker Bowles, right? And Diana dies, and who does he go back to, right? And he was going back to her even before that. Now Diana was also cheating with uh, a lot of people that think that maybe it's Harry's father, the polo player, and there's like all these crazy stories. At the end of the day, the, the royal family is the best to gossip about because they are so protected that it's easy for rumors to spread and grow. I will say this does sound eerily similar to his father. And um, yes, I agree with you. About, I just never thought that he looked like a potato. I, I agree. I just never could put that into words. I wish he was a potato that would shave his head. Like, if it's all going, just let it go and shave it. Like, you would look much more handsome. Just shave it. You don't need the little, like, bird's nest on top. Preach. Preach. Well, Kyle, can you tell us a little bit about these people involved, their signs, and, you know, especially the compatibility between Kate and William. And Kate even has said recently amidst all these rumors that she wants a fourth child with him. You know, got to lock it in with just one more. Four, he can't go anywhere, right? Or can he? So Prince William is a Cancer Sun with a Sagittarius rising. The, the Sun sign and the rising sign I always really look at, you know, very significantly in any sort of compatibility, but they're not the only ways ultimately that you can. Kate Middleton is a Capricorn Sun and a Leo rising. So one thing that we've been talking about for, you know, the last several weeks about compatibility is that opposites attract, at least in the, the polar spectrum of the yin and the yang, it's, it's magnetic. So Cancer Capricorn are opposite. So just that even their sun signs are super compatible. However, also looking at their, their rising sign, which is the mask that they have to the world, he's Sagittarius rising fire, and, and Kate is Leo rising, which is fire as well. So together, they actually complement each other across the board with that. Also, the last thing that I noticed is that they both have Cancer moons, meaning that they, at the end of the day, they, they still really always feel each other very intuitively and very intrinsically. So, you know, literally just across the board, there's, there's you know, this, this safety, this home, there's this love that you can see between them. However, the one thing looking at their, their rising signs is that with him being a Sagittarius rising, he needs excitement and new horizons, which could sometimes be part, other partners or other challenges or things like that to keep his blood flowing. And she doesn't necessarily need that. So that could be a, uh, a drawback between their connection. Uh, however, the major thing that I'm noticing right now is we're going to go back to eclipses. They're happening in Cancer and Capricorn right now. So they both, at the same time, are going through a reestablishment of, of who, they, who they are individually and then also simultaneously looking at how they relate to a partner. So, you know, there's that. Also, with Saturn, the, the, the planet of hardship being in Capricorn, it means that William, across the sky, has been feeling that Kate has become more distant and cold over the last few years, and this is going to continue until 2020. However, you know, when we see difficulties in relationships, it doesn't mean that they have to split. It doesn't mean that things have to end. It doesn't mean that things have to be, you know, torn apart. It just represents that there is going to be a push and a pull between them, between them in order to find a better balance that leads them to both more fulfillment and happiness. Then looking at Rose here, she's a Pisces. And so the interesting thing is that she actually does really align very well as a friend to both of them. Uh, however, with Jupiter, you know, going and looking at where that is, it is, in, it is in Rose's fame sector right now, causing her to have more public attention and impact on the world until December. 
And then this, because of that, it may actually segue her into more publicity for like, you know, a career opportunity or something with this exposure, you know. And then the, the, the super crazy thing that I just, when I found out this, is so the way that these eclipses are hitting her though, specifically, is that they're hitting her love life, which potentially would be with William. And it's causing endings with her friendships. Which is Kate. Yeah. Literally because of that. Isn't that super weird? Well, the interesting thing, too, is another rumor that has kind of been swirling is that she's le- Rose has been the one leaking these stories. Oh, I would believe God. that in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. Well, what a biatch. Okay. Yeah, she wants to be princess, duchess, whatever she can get, you know, yeah. even though she has a royal line connected mm. to her. She wants more. Good riddance to Rose. Okay, that's all I have to say. Good riddance to rubbish. Yes. All right, we are going to quickly get into our Celeb WTF of the week before we get into our guest Scott's uh, chart. This is something I've always been fascinated with, is the Demi Moore, Ashton Kutcher, and then his later connection with Mila Kunis, even though they knew each other from a very young age. So I'm sure, as you guys all know, Demi and Ashton, they've been divorced for quite some time, but people have always wondered, why? How are they together? Uh, they got married in 2005. Ashton was 27. Demi was 42. And she still remained close with her ex, Bruce Willis. And three of them actually became very good friends and kind of co-parented their daughters together. And then in 2010, rumors were circulating that Ashton was cheating. 2011, more rumors he was cheating with a model. And so that year... Um, Demi announced that they were getting a divorce because of his infidelity. And then in 2012, he began dating his former That 70s Show co-star, Mila Kunis, who uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of. And they got pregnant 2014. They were married 2015. Things seemed to be going well for them. And there doesn't seem to be a ton of bad blood. But I always just thought this was a very interesting kind of pairing and then turn of events. So, Kyle, can you clue us into maybe what was going on with all these people? Yeah. So, you know, right off the bat, Ashton and Mila are super compatible. Like, I don't know if I've seen any relationship or partnership, at least in celebrity culture, that is this compatible. So Ashton's an Aquarius sun with a Gemini ascendant. Mila is a Leo sun with a Sagittarius ascendant. On both axes of the, the rising sign and the sun sign, they are on opposites. So it shows that they have this partnership, uh, marriage kind of compatibility. So, you know, Aquarius and Leo are opposite. Then we have Gemini and Sagittarius being opposite. So there's that. And then, so what I see right there is that they're they're really good at challenging each other, but also balancing each other out. So there's they're always going to be naturally kind of attuned. But then looking at Ashton and Demi is just super weird. And it, I mean, it makes doesn't make a ton of sense. You know, with, with Demi, she's a Scorpio sun and a Pisces ascendant. And, you know, naturally, those don't necessarily go with what Ashton is because she's all water, he's all air. You know, so there's, you know, a a strangeness there. However, by pulling up their charts, what I noticed is that where their Venuses are in their birth chart is that they square each other, showing that, you know, initially there's this intense draw of romance and chemistry, you know, initially. However, because it's squared, it represents that it can grate into irritation over time. So, you know, I that looks like that probably did happen to them. And then also, you know, where their differences were fun initially, they aren't after a while, you know, unless they really work at it. So that was that's, you know, where they kind of fell apart. But then Demi and Bruce, which is so interesting, 
are actually way more compatible than she was with Ashton. So, you know, we see that, you know, Bruce is a Pisces sun and a Virgo ascendant. You know, so both of them have a, a water sign, sun sign. But then the Pisces and Virgo ascendant from Demi and Bruce, again, are on the, the polarity of, of marriage. So that's why they actually had a, a, a much more, you know, clearly visible relationship, at least astrologically to me and other astrologers, than, you know, her and Ashton. So that's that. Well, I've always been... Would, did you, do you remember back in the day when Demi and Ashton got together and it was just all over the tabloids? Yes, and I, I, I'm going to give you my chart now. She was smoking hot, he was smoking hot, and they were like, oh, you're hot, I'm hot, let's be hot together. Yeah. They got together, and like you said, it wore off. That wears off after a while. And uh, and my <clears throat> many years of dating, I will tell you that, you know, sex is great, and being hot is great, and like, oh, he's hot, she's hot. That all wears off, and suddenly it all boils down to, do I want to be with this person when they leave their clothes on the bathroom floor? or they don't clean up after dinner, or they do this. It all comes down to those little things in a relationship. So the hot thing, it melts away very quickly. It does. And I just I just hope one day when Bruce and Demi are, you know, maybe on their deathbeds, they'll be like, let's get married again. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> I would love that. But I most am very, very excited to talk about your chart. Scott, because we know you have a lot of exciting things going on. You have your first one-man show. You also just got engaged. So, Kyle, dig in. All right. So, you know, we were kind of addressing this a little bit before. So, you're a Scorpio rising. So, that is how people perceive you. You, a Scorpio rising is very sexual. It's very powerful. It's kind of magnetic. Uh, you have this, this allure of authority to you. And that's just naturally how people are going to, you're like, you're, you're going to be beautiful forever. And you're always going to have this, like... My favorite thing we've said for the last hour. Say that again. No. <laughs> really nice thing God to God is going to be beautiful forever. <laughs> and there's, there's a power that's associated with you, too. So people are going are gonna to listen to you. And, you know, whether they're just staring at you because you're just so beautiful or it's because they, there's this, you know, energy. And that's what Scorpio is, you know. I mean, think of any just natural Scorpio that you know, and it's just like, you're a little dangerous, but I kind of want to bang you, you know. Is that true, though, even though I, I, I've been told I should be considered on the cusp? Well, this is your rising sign. This rising, is, okay. Yeah, okay. So, so that's not just your cusp uh, persona with it. So, you know, so your rising sign is where the sun was rising at your exact minute of birth. So, you know, with you, you having this uh, energy, that's going to be this way forever. So for the rest of your life, you're always going to read Scorpio and Sagittarius, both of them, okay. because they're both going to always affect you. However, with you being a Sagittarius sun, you are, as I was saying, the closest cusp that I've ever seen in a chart. You know, so you are just literally like minutes after the sun moves into Sagittarius. So you are almost, I love it, almost a Scorpio. So you're there's a blend between you. You know, there's certain things, and you know, like I said, there's astrologers that are like cusps don't exist, or you know, I I see them. You know, like, I think that I'm, you know, I, so my birthday is May 18th. I am within a few days of moving into Gemini. You know, I'm very strongly a Taurus, but there are things about me that I, I do really notice that are, you know, very Gemini as well. And so, you know, I... Sorry, I didn't know that it could extend a few days. I thought it had to yeah. be that date that you're on the cusp. Uh, I've always read it. It's like usually about like two to three days. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, either okay. way. So, you know... Obviously, you are so close to it, 
that you are, you know, this incredible metamorphosis of this passionate and fiery beast. You know, you have all of this, you know, kind of blending into you. However, because you have a Scorpio rising, the Scorpio energy is going to be really intense for you at all times, too. Okay. So, you know, that's really, really interesting. So also, I noticed that you were born on a full moon. I was? Yeah, so you're born on a full moon, which means... I think means this is... So cool. I was reading Kyle's notes earlier, and I think right? this is one of the most fascinating things. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous. I didn't yeah. know this, first of all. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm doing it for you. I love this. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. So, yeah, you're born on a full moon, which means that you were literally destined for greatness. And oh, your, your sun sign is Sagittarius, but your moon is Gemini. So you always, intrinsically, always have a polarity that happens within you. So, you know... You're, you're, as a Sagittarius energy, you're, you're, you're expansive and you're, you're very vibrant and you're, you're, you're all about adventure. But also internally, even, you know, when you're feeling, you know, all of that, that energy around you, you also are craving new experiences fully at the same time. So, you know, some people, you know, may be, let's say, a Sagittarius, which is all about expansion and, you know, you know, charging into the horizon of destiny and, and knowledge and, you know, all of travel and all of this kind of stuff, they may have a cancer moon, which is like, they just want to stay at home. Mm-hmm. So they, they're, they're not in, like, in, they're not compatible with that energy, but you are very much, you're always, you know, when you're feeling this, this expansion and this desire to, to go out and, and create that is going to move through your soul as well and, and through your, the way that you feel. So I love that. Uh, all right. So then also going back to what I was talking about with Jupiter before, is that it takes 12 years for it to go around the sun. So it right now is in your first house of identity as well as your second house of income until December 3rd. So with this knowledge, you know, when, when Jupiter is in our house of identity, we are launching the next 12 years of our lives. So the biggest, most important new beginnings and seeds are happening you know, as I was saying before, so, you know, Sagittarians right now, they're, they're uh, launching a new career. They're taking their career in a new direction. They're, you know, going to a whole new level of success. They are getting engaged. They're meeting their true love. They're having a baby. They're, you know, finally going back to school. They're, whatever is the closest thing that's, like, deepest in your heart is coming true now. And, you know, so, t- so think of, tell me about some of the, the new beginnings that have been happening since November. Uh, well, since November, well, I can tell you since about two weeks ago, I got engaged. Yes. Woo! Very exciting uh, to my fiancé, Philip, and uh, we bought a house together in Palm Springs, so it's a vacation home for us, but it's sort of, uh, he lives in San Francisco, I live here in L.A., so it's sort of our place together, and I am absolutely in love with it. If there's one thing I love, like one bar less than Philip, it's this house. So, <laughs> you know, like I love Philip the most and then comes the house. So it's, I really, because it's ours uh, and I, I just, it makes me so happy. So those two things and, uh, you know, June 19th doing the show, which I have not done a one man show in years, a new one. So it's terrifying to me and, but I'm pushing myself to do that. And uh, anything else that's new, anything else that's new? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that I'm just not thinking of, but no, it's totally speaking to me. It's it's hitting home. But yeah, well, those are two very like huge things. Those yeah. are yeah. probably the hugest things, you know, two of the hugest things that's actually ever happened to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, and all of these big important things are going to last for 12 years. You know, it doesn't mean that they're going to end in 12 years. Uh, it just means that, you know, they're uh, establishing your new, your new beginning. So also, you know, one thing that I also noticed too is that, like, you're going to meet new friends. You're going to have these new experiences. And they're all going to somehow work together to, to bring you a new life over the next, you know, 12 years. Kyle, are you talking about us? <laughs> maybe, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, you know, yeah, right. Um, but also, but I mean, it's just, it's every, you're not even necessarily going to know right away, you know, but it's, it, it's going to have this kind of like serendipitous energy about things, you know. So what I encourage you to do, because you have the luck of Jupiter, you know, backing you up, do everything you possibly can until December. You know, launch things, try to write a book, whatever the F you want to do because you will not have this much luck for 12 years. Oh, so, wow. okay. so you have to do it now. And also because of the way that your chart aligns with this energy also hitting your income, you have more opportunity now. Well, it, this will also kind of carry into next year too. Uh, but you have more opportunity now to increase your income exponentially than you will again for a significant amount of time. How? No. <laughs> well, seriously, uh, how? I, I would love to know. So, you know, using, you know, one thing that I, you know, teach about astrology is living the life of abundance. You know, mm-hmm. looking at these different times that you have an open door to find love or to get engaged or to start to create a project that is meant for success or launch your career, whatever it be. If you use these certain windows in time, you have all of that power behind you rather than, you know, trying to like smash through an open door or through a door that's blocked, like you're just wasting your energy. You know, one example too that I give is like, you know, let's say there's an open door here for love for me, but I'm so focused on my career. Well, if I am pushing my career during the love time, I'm not going to get love and I'm also not going to get my career because I'm wasting my energy. So, you know, if you are using it very strategically, you can get all of it. You can have everything you want. You just have to be smart. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so that really just spoke to me because, yeah. and I'm being very real right now on this podcast. Since meeting Philip, work slowed down for me, and I feel like I'm on an up, and I was so focused on the relationship, and I feel like I've been on this uphill battle to get back to where I was because I had the TV show before I met him, and mm-hmm. I was touring the country with a one-man show, and I was doing this and that. And since I met him, it's been more of the stuff of like doing commentary on CNN and CNN International and, and writing a lot. And he's been a big help with that. But it's been definitely more focused on Philip and I and our relationship and leading to this engagement and then ultimately to the wedding and hopefully a happy life. But what's interesting is that this show idea that came to me was about mixing those two brand new things in my life, which was the sort of quote-unquote political activism and falling in love, getting engaged, and that's the show, Engaged and Enraged. And it sounds silly, but I, I am the world's cheapest man, so like I design my own posters. I do like everything when I do a show. And I was on the plane yesterday flying from New York here back home to L.A., and I was doing the poster. And I've done posters for events for a long time, for my own events, and I've always like hated them and been like, it's not good enough. This one, I'm like, why does this feel so right? Like, why mm-hmm. does this image feel so right? Why does this whole concept feel right? I'm still terrified of, like, what am I going to say on stage that's going to be funny and, and interesting, and, but, like, everything about building up to it has felt right to me. And I have not said that out loud, by the way. This is the first time I'm saying that. Can you, uh, 
Can you tell us a little bit about, because I know Jeff Goldblum has a show yeah. at uh, the Rockwell, and you mentioned it earlier, like we'll talk about it on air. So yeah, yeah. How, how are you connected with that? So, so Jeff Goldblum does uh, every Wednesday there at mm-hmm. Rockwell, Table and Stage. You should go see it. It's brilliant. And he booked a movie. And they were like, we need people to come in and stand and step in for uh, Jeff Goldblum. And I'm like, and you thought me? <laughs> and I was so honored. And they said, no, we'd love for you to come in and do something. And that's where I thought. I was sitting in the Palm Springs house alone. Philip had not arrived yet. He was flying in. And I took the call. And I thought, and, and by the way, okay, now I'm getting really real. You're going to think I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But the night before, I was sitting in our hot tub <clears throat> in Palm Springs. <laughs> um, and I, I was thinking a lot about my Aunt Grace who was one of the most important people in my life, and she died a few years ago. She was my best friend, my godmother, and my aunt. We were super close. And I sort of was like talking aloud. You know how you talk aloud, but also like in your head talking aloud? Mm -hmm. And I was talking aloud saying like, you know, send me a sign. Like work has not been killing it. Like am I doing something wrong? Obviously I'm doing something great with Philip, and I'm focused on that, but like what am I supposed to be doing? Like open that door if it's supposed to be open. And I was thinking a lot about... Uh, Jennifer Lewis, who is on Blackish, and she had this great book called The um, Black Mother of Hollywood. And she talks about before she booked Blackish, she was on a vacation and she stood like on a beach and was like, Universe, just like give it to me or don't, like let me know. I'm tired of waiting. And I sort of had a moment like that. And the next morning they called with this offer. And it's a room I've played before, but because it was filling in for Jeff Goldblum, it felt a little, there was a little more cachet to it. And I took it immediately, and I texted Philip, and he's like, oh, my God, that's great. I'm so proud of you. You said you wanted to perform more. And I feel like this is all – it's all meant to be, and it was all intertwined. Like, I put it out there that I I wanted the universe to give it to me. And literally the next morning, when I was not expecting it, this call came in, and it was like, here's the opportunity to perform and make money and, and you know, do what you love doing. Well, the thing that I think is really interesting is that naturally – the, the universe has these things just kind of happen in the right time. So June 17th is a full moon in Sagittarius. So all Sagittarians are going to be coming center stage. Your event is the 19th. Is the 19th, yeah. Exactly. So a Does full that moon. Is over? Yes. Oh, thank God. It's like three, or, it's like three days roughly either way. Okay. So you, you know, having it at this point in time, this is the brightest moment that you will be center stage all year. I have other dates specifically for your career, but June 17th is literally putting you in a spotlight, so I love that. Uh, when it comes to your career, uh, lay your biggest intentions after August 30th and the 10 days after that, because it's literally a massive career opening for you, for like fame and publicity, and like literally, like, like reach for every biggest star, you know, like rub elbows with VIPs, do whatever you can mm-hmm. to literally seize power, because it will work for you. Also, I mean, a lot of this energy is really going to be starting uh, starting at actually around the 18th because we have Mars and Venus, the planets going into this area. But this whole energy truly is going to last until about October 4th. Okay. So you have a big window in time where you can really kind of seize that. Uh, if you're looking for specific, just like a next big moment when it comes to like work or employment, like, you know, just kind of like a day job or something that you do routinely, November 12th will be a big time. And Venus is going into this area on the 15th of May until June 8th. So if you focus on everything that you basically start from the 5th, or that you were starting from the 15th until June 8th is going to be very divinely connected to your work and employment. So just pay attention to that and it's going to allow you to like kind of be 
magnetizing that energy. So, you know, one thing, like, I mean, we're, we're friends, we can talk about, you know, specific dates, and I'm happy to go into all of those things for you. But like I said, just really kind of focus on June 17th will be big for you, and then August 30th, particularly in work. Amazing. Okay. Well, guys, I don't want to be a buzzkill. We have to get into some of our bang, marry, kill, and we will continue this conversation off air, of course, and we'd love to have you back again, oh, Scott. Oh, anytime. Thank you for having me here of today. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so listen to my three men. All right. Blake Shelton, Neil Patrick Harris, and Chris Evans were in Gemini season. These are all Geminis. I will go first. Wait, who is Blake Shelton? Are you serious? Oh, dear Lord. Country singer? Country. He's a coach on The Voice. He's with Gwen Stefani. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Yes. okay. So, Mary Chris Evans, 100% for me. Um, bling, uh, bling. Bang Blake Shelton because I don't think he's faithful, but he seems like a good lay. And as much as I love Neil Patrick Harris, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to kill him, but I will feel really sad about it. Who wants to go next? You want me to go next? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would marry Blake Shelton. Mm. I would bang Chris Evans for, I don't think that needs to be explained why. <laughs> um, and I would kill Neil Patrick Harris. All right. I feel like I am going to bang Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. Because I hear he's real hung. <laughs> uh, not that I'm like a size queen because I'm not, but you know. I mean, I'm not. I'm just like, make love to me. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to kill Blake Shelton, and I'm going to marry Chris Evans so that he can bang me every day. That's That was yes. that was my uh, yes, yes, reasoning yes, as well. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Awesome. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yes. I'm, I mean, like, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. thank you so, so much for joining us, Scott, and thank you, all of you listeners, for listening and joining us every week as well. So, Scott, where can everyone find you on social media and just plug one more time your one-man show? Sure, super easy. On Twitter and Instagram, it's just at Scott Nevins, uh, and uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash official Scott Nevins. All are verified, so you'll know it's me. And uh, the show is June 19th, which is a Wednesday at Rockwell Table and Stage in Los Angeles. And I believe the show's at 7.30. Awesome. If you send us a link, we'll, we'll add it into everything so people can Great. Have. Thank you. And I will be there. Yay! Uh, you can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow us at AstroKiki on Instagram as well. It's AstroKiki Radio. I'm just kidding. Yeah, AstroKiki Radio. Don't just look up AstroKiki. It's AstroKiki Radio. Just don't listen to me. All good. And thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, I'm Kyle Thomas, and you can find me on Instagram at M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. Have a wonderful, starcastic, magical evening. See you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology. Astro Kiki Radio.